All right, guys, we are running. Oh. <laughs> oh. And it just keeps going. Yep. Oh. Guinness yeah. draft stout. Yeah, Guinness with the draft kit. It's got the widget in it. Oh, Never it's got the can. smootherizer Jeez. down in the bottom of it. The smootherizer. Yeah. What? It is. The smootherizer. It is. It's, it's got uh, uh, what nitrous. Was I supposed to do anything special before I opened it? No, no, no. Oh, okay. Just, no, just, no, just, no, you just stand on your head. It's got the yeah. first collector's <laughs> pen, too. It's probably far, far cooler than intended. But, cooler. You know, mm-hmm. the, uh, so tonight, I mean, we've going to, for podcast listeners, I'm going to warn you right now. There's going to be a lot of content. We're going to be covering a lot of stuff. We got two new people in the podcast right now because we got like three people, old people that just fucked off and they're out having adventures. <laughs> plus, plus, I'm back on carbs. That's so right. There. So there. <laughs> Steve Hofford is back on carbs, so his personality is going to restore. Oscar tonight is seeing a band called Cybertronic Spree. Wow. And Cybertronic Spree is. You're like, oh, well, what the fuck is Cybertronic Spree? Well, they do covers of old classics and, you know, old 60s and 70s rock classics. For instance? Except they do them while wearing complete Transformer costumes. Nice. <laughs> yeah. Nice. So you can see Truckosaurus doing, you know, Bridge Over Troubled Water. Uh, there, then. Yeah, it's a classic rock cover band dressed as Transformer. So last week I was making a cross-country sojourn bringing back two uh, Nissan S-Cargos. Uh, from Vancouver. We'll talk about that later. Suffice to say, don't do it. <laughs> uh, but you guys didn't have a podcast last week. You went to Porco instead. Right. Wow. So, one, fuck you. And come on, you <laughs> missed a perfectly good opportunity to talk I, shit on Hey, me. fuck you. I went to a concert. So. You did go to a concert. Yeah. yeah that's, everybody had fun. At least we got a break from Chris Smith, though. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Which is always a bonus. <laughs> I did, Always a bonus. I did bring back some uh, Rainier beer, and Rainier mm-hmm. beer is proud to say that it's made with Yakima Valley hops. But my favorite thing on the can is the all-aluminum recyclable can. They have <laughs> so they have so little information to put on about what this beer is that they've really decided to lead with. It's an all-aluminum recyclable can. But I wonder Not, who makes that. I thought it was out of business. I mean, I thought they didn't make it anymore. Well, I, I I can tell you that the mountains are still there. I drove past them. Because this is not through. What's that uh, Netflix show? They're out of Irwindale, California. So they're listeners. Not. If you're hearing this, please chastise Steve Hofford for thinking Rainier is out of business. No. Please. Well, more importantly, look up the Rainier motorcycle commercial because I will do my best impersonation of it. It goes Rainier <laughs> oh <my> beer. <laughs> That would make me buy the beer. <laughs> I'm saying, look up the YouTube video. It's awesome. It's called. It's if you look at Rainier, Rainier beer, uh, motorcycle commercial. It's it's old. It's from the 70s, but it's really cool. To my immediate left is Josh Ford, who until recently was one of our only Indian listeners. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So a couple feather. years ago. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, how long were you in India? Two and a half years in Hyderabad. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Any good motorcycle riding while you were there? Uh, lots of city traffic is yeah. a good time. And yeah, uh, sure I went on a couple day trips on my 150. Uh-huh. Got all the way up to 102 kilometers per hour. Nice. I was wow. screaming. Which 150 were you on? Uh, the Yamaha FZ. The FZ? Yeah. yeah. So it was, it was, a, very it was cool. a ton of fun. Oh, my yeah. God. That's Whipping fantastic. between traffic, acting like you're going fast. <laughs> well, you are going fast. Yeah. You're going much, much faster than the indigenous. Than everything right. else. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> than huh. everything else. If you're going 60 miles per hour... In India, you have set a landscape. You have a death wish. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. What is that? 
That is a hole. What's in the hole? The truck that went in the hole. <laughs> <laughs> what, what happened? Well, we drive over it. Now. Ask one of the people crawling out. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> it is fan. Oh, man. And that is, that's truly, I mean, that's a, some serious life experience. That's yeah, crazy. Yeah, that's great. God, that's so cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, what is the worst motorcycling adventure that happened to you while you were in India? Um, just constantly almost are hitting people. <laughs> There's a guy, he's texting on his bike. Right in front of me. Uh-huh. I could, you just get a feeling somebody's going to do something stupid. Okay. Uh, which prepared me for American traffic, I think. But <laughs> I'm coming behind him, and I just, I'm not sure whether to go left or right. And then I decide to go left, and then he pulls a left U-turn. Oh, my God. Just right As in front of me. As you're going passing him on the left. So I just screech into him, and he just looks at me like I did something atrocious. Right. And it's like, I'm sorry that I was just going down the road, and you pulled in front of me. Is it right-hand-of-the-road dominance or left-hand-of-the-road dominance, you know, uh, flow of traffic? Uh, it is which is the way to get where you need to go. Okay, that's so, kind of what I was thinking. Sidewalk, Doesn't wrong matter. side of the road, which is great. I loved it, you know? You got to get over there. You just hop up, and you go. Wow. But, I can get on board with that. Yeah, it's fun. <laughs> it's fun. Lane well, splitting. Who needs lane splitting? Fucking just anarchy. go to any spot you have. Yeah. A road of anarchy. Handlebars fit. Whole bunch. Yeah, that's right. That's exactly right. A good way to put it. Yep. yep. It's like the cat with the whiskers, man. If the whiskers make it through the hole, the cat can make it through. <laughs> yeah. Yep. That is exactly. I'm I'm riding a motorcycle now that has bags that are wider than the bike. Ooh. I fucking do not like it. This morning there was a perfect lane splitting situation, and I almost took it, but then I realized had I done it. I would not have made the entire event. Mm-hmm. I would have participated halfway through to like to the vehicle's mirrors, and I would have no longer been engaged in the procedure. <laughs> yeah, it turns out the Ducati Multistrada's touring bags are fucking big, but they're cut in a manner that like no normal earthly items fit in the bags. Mm-hmm. So they have X number of liters, and that's the only way you can measure it volumetrically would be liters, because you can't say that they'll fit like a helmet. Unless your helmet is, like, from Picasso. There's no <laughs> way that... I've tried putting numerous different things in those bags. And they do have the volume. But like some motorcycle luggage, the big part of the bag is the lid. So mm. Oh, the, that's horrible. Yes. I hate, the I hate skinny part like of the bag yeah. is the part that you want to put things in. They give you the X-shaped underwear elastic to hold it in. It's not good enough. The top and loaders are the best. Top loaders are top always loaders, the best. Absolutely. Of and course. The best ones I've seen, though, science. are the BMW expandable bags. Yes, they are. I like those expandable bags because they're narrow when you want yeah. them to be narrow. Right. Mm-hmm. And they're big, and they can hold stuff if you really want them it, to hold it. So. And it makes perfect sense. So would you say that, that uh, Ducati, the baby's got back? That baby does have that. <laughs> that baby's tried to kill me two or three times in the past three days. I realize all the adventures I've been having on that motorcycle. I've had it in urban mode which restricts it to 100 horsepower. Wow. I've been scared for my life more than twice. Now, it is on brand new rubber, and the roads are still pretty cold. Mm -hmm. It was like 37 degrees yesterday. And I've had two or three come-to-Jesus moments on that motorcycle. So I can't wait till the zero SRFs get here so I can (laughs) throw all of my, you know, technique to the wind and just let electronics sort shit out. So, and two, Josh is left. Nick DeVito. Nick, did you ride tonight? No. No. I was going to say, you did not have nearly enough gear. No. Um, I was so close, and then I realized my headlight was out. Oh, shit. And then I realized... Well, on the Bandit. On the Bandit. Yeah. This morning, I bought a new headlight bulb. Because you remember that one time I was leaving, I had that LED headlight. And it, and it was running and real hot. 
it turned blue right. and it got it real did. dim. Yes. And it was doing weird things. Yeah. Yeah. We witnessed mm-hmm. regulator failure. Was that it? Yep. So that's what reg- we actually saw a regulator die. The actual LED regulator. No, no, no. The motorcycle <laughs> regulator. <laughs> Dude, that's like a tree falling down yeah. in the forest. Yeah. Uh, because it, the weird thing is the, the LED bulb still sort of worked. Yeah. Uh, it was yeah. blue and it wasn't very bright. So was the deal that the regulator had shit the bed and therefore the bike got 26 volts or something? Yes. Okay. And yes. Um, yeah. Uh, so I bought a... a a normal incandescent bulb this morning right. and I started it up and rode around the block a couple, a couple times. Yeah. Um, and when I was about to leave to come here, yeah. I noticed it was out and I was like, okay, wow. that's weird. So I drove to AutoZone. Yeah. I got a new bulb. Another bulb. <laughs> and then I decided, a good thing, I decided to actually check what voltage is coming out of that, that receptacle and it was like 18 volts. So. Shit. So yeah, not too many bulbs can handle that. So yeah, I, right. I drove, but I brought the trail hopper with me. My you did bring the trail che- hopper. Cheapo compo. Nice. Oh, cheapo. The cheapo compo. <laughs> Fuck a three thousand dollar moto compo. <laughs> I got a solution for that. God damn it, trail mm-hmm. hopper. Absolutely. That's brilliant. It fits in the Fiat. Oh my, it fits in the. Fiat. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's the ultimate style. Is your bike small? It fits in a Fiat. Well, you fucking win. <laughs> That's it. Because it is a Moto Compo. The Moto Compo is meant to go in the back of a yep. Honda City. And a Honda City makes a Honda, like the old original Honda Civic CVCCs. Mm-hmm. A Honda City makes that look like a big car. The Honda City, they built the back of the car and then they just stopped building the front of the car when they got to the driver's feet. They were just like, <laughs> we're done. Put some headlights there. That's it. Crumple zone? No. If you push real hard, your feet can push the bulbs out of the front grille. There's nothing in the front of that car. And yet they put a folding scooter in the back for this great Japanese concept that you would, that like your wife would drive you and her together to the outskirts of the city where she would park the car and go fuck off and do whatever she was doing. And then you could take the Moto Campo, unfold it, and proceed gaily forward at 32 miles per hour (laughs) into Tokyo. Maybe they figure since you've already been okay with the Moto Compo, yep. you've accepted death. That <laughs> is true. <laughs> so if you hit anything in the car, what's the difference? To his left. Steve Hoffer. And Steve, carbs back in your diet. Yes. And You're I'm smiling. So happy. You don't have a headache? And it's kind of your fault. Well, because I was at Porco last week. <laughs> I was at Porco last week drinking Roman Twist. Roman and that's Twist, what threw man. me off the wagon. Look, <laughs> man. I, I was in another country. I was in the land of Kanukistan, and I was drinking Roman Twists. The Great White North? I was in the Great White North. I was in the extreme, extremely spendy British Columbia. Canadia. Vancouver. Man, they are proud of their shit. Do not buy things in Vancouver. <laughs> Even the Great Equalizer. You want to see what a culture spends for, on shit? Go to Walmart. Mm-hmm. Go to Walmart. It's the Great Equalizer. It eliminates all the tourist factor and everything else. You're like, geez, $93 a pound. Not at Walmart. No, at Walmart, it's what people pay. I went to Walmart to buy an tire inflator. You know, the one little thing that plugs into your cigarette lighter? Mm-hmm. I guarantee street prices here less than $20, right? If you buy it on the right day on Amazon.com, probably 8 or 9 bucks. They're virtually disposable. They usually say slime on the package. We've all been there, man. $42. It's probably V8. Don't they have a VAT or something? They have all of the things. They have a GST and a PST. And a... Uh, AST and RST and LMT. <laughs> they have all the T's. Uh, but they do have a they do have taxes. Now, 
I will say that Vancouver is the city of the future. Because while no one was looking, Vancouver got big. Like, it's like proper Chinese city big. <laughs> like, it just wow. fucking keeps going. Like, last time I was in Vancouver, it was like, oh, look at you. You're like Toronto. Adorable. <laughs> and now Vancouver is like the great maple fortress of Canada. It's huge. It's like the Atlanta of the North. It is the Atlanta of the North. It's a monster city. God, is it big. It sprawls. It goes everywhere. Easier and, to spread the pandemic when it comes. Well, that's true. It'll move a lot faster. Uh, but, yeah, everything there is rather expensive. But I did find a couple of good bars we'll talk about later. Uh, remind me, Vancouver bars. It's worth at least a minute. And to his left. Steve Noble of Noble Moto. A Noble Moto! Teaching people how to fix their motorcycles at Skidmark Garage. This is... Came here to plug it. And we're super guy. thrilled to have Steve here cool. because of exactly that. Because, as you all know, if you listen to the podcast long enough, you might accidentally fucking learn something. Well, <laughs> Steve does that with a schedule, which is super cool. And to his left. Chris Smith. What you been riding, Chris? Shit. We gotta get those uh, bikes out of the garage. No, 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 they're, all, they're, all, they're all running. They're okay, all good. Running. But uh, you know, too much salt on the road for yeah. me. And it is just when we thought we were out of the woods the other day, they fucking threw down a bunch of salt again. I had my Harley yeah. out this week. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah, I that's rode cool. four bikes just today. Right. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, I'm in the same camp with you. I rode my XT250 to work. Okay, good man. I rode my zero home. Wow, that's a pretty huge contrast between two motorcycles. An XT250. Right. And a zero. Right. And wow. then I uh, rode my Ural. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> because I had to fix the... I mean, I don't know what it is with headlights. I fixed two headlights today. Two yeah. burned out headlights. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I guess. So I put a headlight on that, and yeah. then I rode my Super Cub here. Super Cub! <laughs> there has to be a better word, though, because we've got to be... It's got to be like a Godzilla movie, where we can't just say you rode a Super Cub. You rode a Super Cub 19, or is it a 20 model year? It's a 19. Is it a roll 19? Roll it over. Yeah. Fuck you. Let's you, see it. Yeah. Yeah, roll it over so we can at least uh, appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. So we can marvel at it. <laughs> yeah. Suck it's one cock and you're a cock sucker for life. Yeah. <laughs> Ride one super cub. Yeah. Uh, th- this thing is better than it should be. Considering its distribution on planet Earth, meaning all of planet Earth, it basically is... If aliens came down, they would think that this was the predominant motorcycle on this planet. That's cool. They would just look at this and go like, of course, people on Earth ride Super Cubs Uh and other things. It's like a modern Jawa. It is fucking... With the giant front wheel. Yes. With the Jawa's head. It's gorgeous. Uh, I give them credit for the red seat. I give them credit for the just a hint of blue in the plastic dye on the leg shields. It's it's like the original though. If you it look is. at the original one they brought, the very first one, yeah, it's pretty much almost exactly yeah. like it. It's just fantastic. It's the color scheme is very bike. like it. It, is, it yeah. is a great looking bike. Does the seat hinge up or is that? There's a it's a, it's all it's really goofy. But there's a, if it, as long as the ignition's off, there's a little tiny button down here and it. Oh, there's a button oh, okay. as opposed to two suction cups. Right. Right. Yeah. Well, that's good advertising. Mm-hmm. And then there's a little button here to open up the side panel. Get the fuck out of here! Oh no! Wait a second. There's nothing. You can't put anything in there. Yeah, but there's a toolkit in there. Yeah, but it opens slow. So it opens slow. It's like the the cassette deck door. 
It's a good place it's to hide. The, 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 the slower it opens, the higher quality of the yes, deck. Yes, exactly. Is. This cassette door took an hour and a half to open. <laughs> that must be Bong and Olfson. Yeah. A Maxwell cassette. A Maxwell well, cassette. It's, it's made of metal. Dude, it Fuel is injection. really pretty. It's a gorgeous bike. Yeah, and it, I, I go 62 miles an hour with my fat ass on I like so. that I'm outside interfering with the Ducati Multistrad, and everyone sees you pull up, and they're just, like, kicking my Multistrad over to go look at your goddamn super <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Very nice, Steve. It's Very fucking nice, gorgeous. Mm-hmm. That bike is super duper cool. You'll see and it in the show notes. So <laughs> I think we've already posted a picture caning of it in the show notes. Caning it? I, caning it, I got 100 miles to a gallon. <gasps> caning really? It. I mean, I was, like, full throttle, like, I would say 80% of the time, yeah. full throttle. Yeah. And then... Uh, when I was kind of modulating 122. How many tanks of gas you had through it? Three. Wow, good well, for you. Well, three half tanks, because you know, I'm trying to figure out like when the, oh. each set light yeah. goes on. Yeah, yeah. And it was on for a while. It still right. got, uh, it was down to like 0.7 gallons. <laughs> I mean, it was yeah. 0.7. Oh, I no, three, I noticed that with, three gallons with left, all the so. new bikes. You know, when a Vespa tells you that you're out of gas, you don't even need to plan for that. Like, you don't even need to put it in your phone. Like, when the Vespa says, the light has come on, you are out of gas. I'm going to guess easily 50 miles. Wow. Easily. And I've I've owned many motorcycles where when it said you were out of gas, you had better be looking at a gas station. Like, like, speed triple was like that. There better yeah. be one in sight. Yeah, that's <laughs> right. And it didn't or have you better a, be at the top of a hill. And the speed <laughs> triple didn't have a reserve. No, so no, it was just the light. Yeah, wow. and so when the speed triple, because my I had the Thunderbird Sport, mm-hmm. the the you know the Super Chicken, and it was the same way, same motor, same everything, a giant looking gas tank, which was extremely deceptive. Yeah, it, it was only like three and a half yeah, gallons. Yeah, three three point like two gallons. There's as a big giant as it was. fuel pump yeah. and a big yeah. air cleaner box underneath. <laughs> it's the thing. most deceptive fuel tank, and it was the same way when the fuel, low fuel light came on. It was like, oh shit. We are not playing around. <laughs> and I used to set my odometer on that thing religiously. And at 110 miles, I was like, okay, the, the most vigilant person in the world. And I instantly got 60 miles per gallon. I was short-shifting <laughs> it like a Harley rider. I was giving that thing just all kinds of latitude because they don't warn you. Yeah. Triumphs are weird with batteries and with fuel. Charging systems, yes. especially with the batteries. The batteries? I have PTSD because of the charging system. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> a Triumph will let you have 12.1 volts. 11.9. At 11.9, Triumph says, oh, no, 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 no. So let's explain this. So you turn the key on. You're nowhere near home. Right. You turn the key on. You hit the start button, and it goes... Brr- and then the lights turn on, <laughs> the gauges turn and turn back on, and it does its little flip thing. And then, for some reason, the start button won't work. No. The bike thinks it's running now. Yeah. So you have to turn it on, uh, wait 30 seconds. Don't use the handlebar switch. It goes into, like, Windows Vista mode. Exactly. <laughs> turn it on, screen, wait 30 turn, seconds. The screen yeah. turns blue. Turn it back on, talk really nice to it. Maybe oh. it will crank. It will fire up, like, first rotation. Oh, my God. But getting that first rotation is a nightmare. I could push start that bike in a flat parking yep. lot just because of stuff like that. <laughs> I bought two-year warranty batteries because they would only yeah. last like a year and oh, a yeah. half. Yeah. And then that way I could you know, continuously get free batteries. And I think in six years of owning that bike, and performance-wise, it's an amazing motor. So oh, it's a beautiful On motorcycle. the track, it, yeah. it just it goes like all hell. One of my favorites. Um, 
But uh, I think in the six years, I went through six or seven batteries. Right. Like gel, wow. yeah. absorb gas mat, trickle Tri- charger, all nine yards. As soon as it's less than 100%, like, party's over. You're done. Long <laughs> before it was... De rigueur. Long before it was fashionable to have a small lithium device that you plugged into another device to make electrons, um, I always had SAE plug because I've always run Optimates, battery tenders, everything on every bike I've owned because of my Triumph Speed Triple. Because of that motorcycle, because of that, that with Thunderbird Sport, same, same. It was that motorcycle that did it. If I rode it less than 30 minutes, and when we say voltage regulator on most motorcycles, that means... That when you're revving it, the bike's producing like 14.1, 14.2 volts. On the Triumph, when you were revving it, it was producing 12.4 volts. Yeah. Like, what the shit? And you're like, well, I'm going to replace everything with LEDs. No, it doesn't matter. No, it's just such I, a low voltage. I even did the MOSFET regular yes. rectifier. Yeah. Didn't matter. Had stayed a rewound by some guy that supposedly rewound it. Better. Oh, so you did all the heroic efforts. And I, at one point, I had a voltmeter in the tank bag yep. that hooked up the battery yep. so I could watch it while riding. And anything less than, I think, around 2,000 RPMs. Yeah, it would lose. If the fan was on, it was actually losing. It was losing. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yep, mine too. Like, no, the upside was you got really good at splitting lanes when you traveled <laughs> on that bike. <laughs> to keep the fan from sit coming in traffic on. idling. You had to keep yeah. moving. Yeah. I got a little YTX4 battery, a gel. So I got a little, I'm a little AGM battery, I got a little YTX4. I'd put it in my tank bag, and I had the terminals hooked up to SAE terminals in reverse. So that I could plug the battery into my SAE terminal leads for an Optimate. So when I would go out to my bike that I got, I made the foolish mistake of riding for less than a half an hour to get to my destination. Love to come inside and drink with you guys. Got to keep looping the block <laughs> so I can put enough electrons in this fucker so it'll light, light up when I leave. So this way I could live a life like a normal human being. I could come out to my bike, press the button, everything would die. Then I would plug in my little YTX4, have a cigarette. And then press the button and everything was happy again because I went from 11.9999999 volts to 12.01. And I had enough oomph behind it, enough capacitance behind it to, to make it last. That bike was, like you said, PTSD. Now, I will say, we I, I talk a lot of trash about Harleys, and I'm actually a big fan of them. I, I own you them. own them and you ride them, yeah. Uh, though they are fun to make, they are fun to pick on. They've earned that, it. That bike can have like that super glide can have like seven volts in it. It'll still crank over yes, it will. with a carburetor and the whole nine yeah. yards. Yeah. Yeah. I rode it to work this week, thirty-two degrees, pops the life <laughs> with, with 1950s tractor technology. <laughs> well, because there was no electronic interference saying it would be a bad idea if we compromised the safety of these electronics. Because the worst thing for electronics is running them at under voltage. Mm-hmm. So, Because under voltage creates excessive amounts of heat. So when you run something at under voltage, you end up getting all this extra resistance, which creates black smoke, well, magic smoke, usually. And so modern motorcycles that have you know fuel injection and whatnot, they want to protect themselves from that situation. Because, God Lord, you pop a fuel injector, you could be at seven or 800 bucks. Well... Harley Davidson, God bless them, they say, here's what we're going to do. We're going to give you a battery that could start a 63 Dodge Dart on <laughs> a cold a big, morning. It is a big battery. It's a big battery. You know, I didn't know why. take one battery. I didn't know why TX numbers went that high. <laughs> it was like, it really, really is, it really YTX is like a 14 30. or 16 or something like that. It's like a it's, YTX 20, uh, 20. Okay, it could be, yeah. yeah it's, it's a, YTX it's a 20. huge battery. Yeah. Wow. Oh, we sell a lot of them here. <laughs> yeah, and it's the only time when I'm totally good with like, maybe we should become an interstate dealer. 
Oh. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good out. <laughs> that is a good out. So I listened to the last podcast where you guys talked about, um, you know, reviving motorcycles after yeah. after winter. Yeah. And uh, so I got all of my bikes out. And so I, I went through the steps and I started waking them all up. Um, who here wants to guess which of the three bikes started second kick? Oh, the rally. The oldest one. I gotta start with the Vespa. It was the oldest one. It was the my '77 Rally 200. Yeah, the Vespa. <laughs> yep, yep. Yeah. Do you know why I say that? Why? Fucking Vespas have rotary valve induction, yep. and rotary valve induction in a two-stroke. And there's a lot of dirt bikes that have it too. And what rotary valve induction means is we're not just relying on the piston to do all of the the air and gas mingling together and making beautiful things happen. So when it's taking the breath in and going. <laughs> Of that first kick, it's not just filling the cylinder. It's actually its initial phase of, like, compression. And rotary valve, which is your Vespa has Mm -hmm. that, it grabs a sample of air and fuel, and it kind of mooshes it together long before it ever introduces it into Mr. Sparkplug. And so when other vehicles take five or six to build that sort of, you know, we've now mixed enough gas and air together to create an explosive situation and the spark got hot enough, the one thing you don't ever want to do is be holding the end of the wire. Oh. <laughs> if you're ever near a friend who's got a Vespa, and he says, do me a favor and hold this real quick. <laughs> <laughs> He's not a friend. <laughs> <laughs> because as anybody here will right. tell you, Sydney, this one's for you, sweetheart. <laughs> um, Sydney went numb up to about her... Front, frontal lobe of her brain. <laughs> she was speaking like foreign tongues. I gave her that thing to hold, and I was like, hang on to this for a second. And I, she did. And I went, this has never happened to her before. I was like, this is going to be great. How hard should I kick it? Well, the spark plug's out, so I guess I don't have to hit, kick it too hard. I gave it like a medium kick, and she left the building in a hurry. So, yeah, she won on that one. She was the best ever. April Fool's, you know, it wasn't April at all remotely. I'm just a dick. But the, uh, but that is the thing about a Vespa is mm-hmm. because its ratio of flywheel to motor. Oh, it is a heavy flywheel. It's yeah. all flywheel. Yep. I mean, the reason that Vespas hardly ever stall and the reason that even though the motor's on only one side of the bike, that they maintain a straight trajectory down the road is gyroscopic effect. Mm-hmm. And those flywheels are massive. One one good kick gives you at least five rotations yes. of the engine. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. I yeah. know that. Yeah. A, a, a good kick on a Vespa is like a huck, 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 Whereas like a good kick on a Harley is like, huh. <laughs> <laughs> You only got one of the two. Exactly. <laughs> oh, great. I just broke my ankle and I turned the motor one quarter rotation. Whereas a Vespa, you give it even like a light dab. And it's just, it's lit up. So that's why my money's always on Vespa's for starting easy and for being really wrong. Like, a Vespa can be nine shades of wrong and still run. Now, not well, but who gives a fuck? You're on a Vespa. (laughs) 
You know, if somebody's if you're going 25 <laughs> instead of 45, <laughs> nobody gets pissed off because you're right. You're in a fucking Vespa. Yep. Yeah. Well, it must have been a 50 cc Vespa, not a 200 cc Vespa. Nobody knows that. I'm shit. willing to best. Yeah. No. No one yeah, knows. Nobody. They're knows just that like, shit. look at that idiot on a Vespa. Yeah, fucking really Vespa. Vespa. <laughs> 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 yeah. Nice moped. Bag. Yeah. yeah. Today I rode a Vespa to the warehouse because I had to bring back that giant white Harley Davidson that was out front. Uh, so I traded a Vespa for a Harley. Go figure. Um, but I rode a brand new Vespa with like one mile on it to the warehouse, which means I have to go down 480 into Parma. And so there's that moment when you're sitting on a bike that has 150 cc's and you're going, huh, Brook Park Road. Uh, looks like they just bombed it last week. There's potholes that I will never come out of. Traffic is shit. It's rush hour-y and it's no fun. Stop and go. It just sucks. Brook Park just sucks. You're like, oh, good. They're hiring teenagers at the strip club. That's nice. You know, whatever. <laughs> and though the highlight is when you get to see the sign out in front of, like, Pinky's Cabaret or whatever that you know they spelled something wrong on. <laughs> Which you always get to look at. They can't spell oh, amateurs. they let the dancers do the sign again. <laughs> <laughs> they have been in business for 30 years. They do not know how to spell the word amateur at all. They, they swear to God, they have armatures working there. <laughs> Maybe they do. Maybe we should start checking our standards. Again, I'm, I'm willing to check. That's it. Do you got any of those fresh armatures in here? Uh, I want to see this. But I decided, fuck it, I'm going to take the freeway. And it's always Corey. exciting. Yeah, it's always exciting. Where'd you get on? I got on at... Uh, Grayton? Uh, yeah, Grayton. Yeah, I got on at Grayton. And hauled from Grayton all the way down to State Road. You got big balls, baby. Oh, wait, Grayton. So you get like the, the 480, I get the whole explain. Yeah. Slane change yeah, of death. Yeah, three, yeah, the three. <laughs> the three way change. <laughs> the way I go home from work. The weave. It is the weave. It's Russian roulette oh, every I time. I fucking love it. It is truly, if you ever want to know what it feels like to be a matador, <laughs> <laughs> it is totally bad. Riding a Vespa on the freeway. Because one, throttle position. On. <laughs> just fucking yeah. on man just on and do you know what controls your speed what you're behind good good out so whatever you're behind controls how fast you're going yeah the right? bubble the vacuum yeah. bubble mm-hmm. yeah the vacuum bubble so you get behind a UPS truck or you get behind something else it'll drag you up to 70 miles an hour yep, yep. It's like the Lake Erie Loop it's theory. It's so good. Of, oh, yeah. Well, it's, they, yeah. We, we know how to make good l- little horsepower. <laughs> I've been on the Lake Erie Loop. I was, oh, right, yeah. I was on three yesterday with the Super Cub. Ooh. In, like, before Medina. Yeah. And everybody's doing 70. And I thought I was going to oh, run yeah. over. Yeah. Because my kid gave me the wrong address. And then he sent me to a dirt oh, road. Right I'm, riding a, I'm riding along. It's like, get You're riding your three. brand new super yeah. cup on a dirt road. On <laughs> a dirt road. Fuck and I'm that. like, it was built for that. Hell? That's <laughs> shitty. It's still under warranty. Yeah. Yeah, yeah but it's... Yeah. Gotta test out the fork seals. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. <laughs> and the lock bait. Right, exactly. Yeah. Right. It's the only super cup in America to ever go... <laughs> <laughs> Just like it's Vietnamese brethren. <laughs> Yeah, the uh, so how fast does that Vespa go after a after a good suck? Seventy miles an hour. Oh really? That's good. Just like me. The, uh, that's it. Um, I sucked along up to about seventy miles an hour on one crack, but on the flat, sixty-two. Yeah, on the flat and level, sitting upright, sixty-two. Which Vespa is this? Uh, just a regular Primavera, Primavera okay. one hundred and fifty. Mm-hmm. Nothing special. Straight out the crate. I just had too many red ones here, so I had to move one to the warehouse and I had to bring a Harley back from the warehouse. So I was wearing my fancy boots, so I said, "Why the fuck not?" You know, I'm dressed up. <laughs> There's nothing better than being to being on the fucking Vespa, wearing the fancy boots, 
and you know the, the hipster tan jacket and my evil Knievel uh, bell bullet helmet, like way OG, way overgeared for the Vespa, and I'm rocking the Vespa at 480, and you know everybody going past me just like. I don't think you could be overgeared for a Vespa on four eighty. For us, we know that shit. But to the spectators in the cages and shit, they're going to be like, "Oh, that fat girl's wearing all her shit." <laughs> <laughs> you see that ugly chick on the Vespa? Oh my god! Because yeah, because I'm going to tell you with the, with the fancy boots on and the jacket and stuff and the the, the full helmet and looking the, a little fabulous, the blue fucking tinted out visor and shit. And I, I'm I'm listening to Queen on my fucking Bluetooth. Yeah, so right on. <laughs> so that's a thing. Uh, yeah. So, Steve, how many of these classes have you done? Now, you're, you're just to let the podcast listeners know the basic setup, you're doing this at Skidmark, right? Yes, I'm doing this at Skidmark Garage uh, under the name Noble Moto. Or no, with a K. With a K. Right. Uh, Noble like Canable. <laughs> Again, replacing <laughs> our only Mexican. That's yeah, true. So, Cannabale. Senior Cannabale. Esteban. Esteban Cannabale. Oh, uh, yeah, I'm doing it at Skidmark. Uh, I'm kind of partnering with Brian up there at it. Um, it started as someone had mentioned to me about she had bought a new motorcycle yeah. and the brakes were dragging and she didn't even know how to check the brake fluid. Right. And the wheels turned from there. So, uh, currently I've done two motorcycle maintenance 101 courses. Right. Um, and this is checking the oil, checking your brakes, checking, you know, I teach people how to change your oil, putting new spark plugs in, gapping them, stuff like that. You know, saying your chain tension. Um, you mean those items that used to be cleverly concealed in 1970s Honda owner's manuals? Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> I could probably even use one of those as a teaching tool. Oh, they're so I think so I have good. one around the garage door. <laughs> I should check that out. Like, I've probably wasted my time writing the curriculum. <laughs> um, then I have a carb class coming up. Uh, Ooh. Yes, where we, I am teaching cleaning. Uh, it's going to be a two-night thing. Cleaning, sinking, tuning, uh, touch on rejetting really uh, carbs. I even Ooh. have a vacuum bench set up so everybody can practice good man. carbs. Good man. Um, got a couple people signed up for that. I think I still have one spot open left. You can find us on Facebook or Instagram. I'm going to be doing um, a seminar on that at AMA Vintage Days. Ooh. So we're going to be doing one on carburation and uh, carburation fuel injection like we did last year. And then we're going to do another one uh, probably on the chemical uh, makeup of gasoline. Oh, that would be Gasoline and how it has changed. That would be very interesting. Yeah, so I'll, I'll talk to you about it. Okay. We'll get together and we'll, we'll have some fun with it. Well, I have to touch on our class bike. Okay, yeah. So someone uh, donated to Skidmark uh, this 60 or 72 Yamaha XS650. Okay. Now, overall, wow. the XS650 is a pretty run-of-the-mill bike. Yeah, this bike, wonderful. And I've been around bikes my entire adult life. It has a trigger start button on it. And the, I am not, this is OE. Is OE. I, I had to even do a little Google homework on this. There's a trigger start button that is also, it has contacts in there right. for the electrical starter, yeah. and it has a compression release attached to the exhaust valve. On it. Well, that's, uh, that is, early, that's early excess. It's, yeah. I had never that's Generation one, yeah, yeah. That's so this is our class XS. bike. This is the one we're doing yeah. the carbs on. Yeah. Um, it will be a, a Brian's bike slash the Skidmark sure. bike. Yeah. So there'll eventually be more classes on brakes and stuff like good, that. Good, good. Uh, chains, same valves. I, all the excesses before 1975 are magical as far as I'm concerned. I absolutely love them. This is a magical bike. It's got yeah. the vintage paint job. Yeah. It's it's the Survivor. Other than the mice have eaten out the seat. Oh. Um, but it's still got the sissy bar with the yeah. felt on the back oh, cool. and the big S. Yeah. So this this thing's a gem. Uh, I got a couple pictures of it on our Facebook and Instagram. That's super cool. So that's that's pretty much the story with Noble Moto. Uh, uh, we anybody that's interested in anything or even wants to suggest stuff, 
you know, send us messages. So when are you going to be doing your classes? Uh, the next class, we have a carp class coming up. Well, the next one-on-one class is May 2nd. Okay. And uh, the carp class is coming up uh, April 11th and 16th. April 11th and um, 16th. And okay. then if you follow us on social media, more classes are coming up. Uh, might even uh, dabble into the Harley world a little bit. And, sure. Uh, do a you know exhaust system install maybe on Evo Sporties or twin cams some s- slip-ons on a baggers yeah stuff like that um, you know, well and that stuff is service, relevant you know that stuff's relevant to a lot of people in Cleveland mm-hmm. I mean that is when you look around here when you stand out in front of my shop seventy five percent of the vehicles that go past this building are Harley Davidsons on the worst day and on the best day oh, oh my god <laughs> Chris. Wow, that was brew cocky. <laughs> Fierce. You're right. There, there's a large number of Harleys. I feel a lot of people are probably getting, you know, overcharged at uh, the original dealership. Or uh, a lot of this is stuff that you can do They're surviving. yourself. They're yeah. um, I was referring more to the Harley dealership than you guys. No, um, no, but I mean, the whole idea is there. there's a point where everybody that owns a motorcycle is going to make a decision. They're going to try to work on it. They're going to not even bother going to try to work on it. They're just going to ride the shit out of it. Or are they going to have it in their garage and look at it? This bike right here is a 2009. It has 568 miles on it. They chose to look at it. So somebody paid <laughs> damn near $8,000 10 years ago for a bike that got ridden 52 miles a year? No, it probably got 568 miles put on it in like a month. And then it got parked, locked, and left. And there are those people. So we have to understand that when we talk about motorcycling, that we're not just talking about the people that listen to this. We're talking about there's a whole weird, wild world of stuff out there that people that wander through here that have eight or nine motorcycles ride 1,200 miles a year across eight or nine motorcycles, and we see them once or twice a year at the motorcycle show. Mm. And those people call themselves motorcyclists. And they have all the gear, you know, and they dress up and they, you know, they they live the lifestyle. They play the part. They play the part. And then we have other people. I got cats that come in here with 120,000 miles on a Harley on engine number four, you know. But they are not giving up on it. They're going to support that. They're going to run it. They're going to have fun with it. That's the interesting thing about some of these classes. Like, those twin cams, if you maintain them, yeah. are 100,000-mile motors. It, once um, you fix the cam, if, if you yeah. Start, yeah, once you fix the cam chain textures, right. yeah. if you don't rev it up when it's cold every single time, you know, <laughs> uh, rules. tell everybody that it's running. There are rules. Know? We helped it. We um, did it in one of our podcasts. We realized the one time we were sitting in a room here with four twin cam 88s, and one of our friends had come in, a guy that we know in Cleveland here, and was like, "This is going to be great, man! I just found an awesome lowrider." That I'm going to get for next to nothing, and it's got you know 26,000 miles on it. And this guy's selling me this bike for only 3,800 bucks. And I went twin cam 88, right? And the guy's like, "How did you know?" And I went, "Here, let me have you talk to Johnny Chrome, who cut his teeth on twin cam 88s. Like that's that motor for him." And he sat there and he did such a beautiful job of telling people exactly what your options are, so that you can live with that. Because in reality, the reason it's being sold to you and the reason it's being sold to you cheap is because it's having the problem. 
And mm-hmm. to a people that have not listened to that motorcycle since it was new, they can't hear it. But to people who have listened to the motorcycle since it was new, or to people who listen to motorcycles every day, that self-destructive, self-consuming cam chain tensioner has a distinctive sound to it. Absolutely. I replaced mine at 35,000 miles. Yep. Uh, supposedly they're good to 50, and they were shot at 35. However, that mo- I put SNS gear cams in it. It's got yep. that nice old gear cam whistle. Exactly. You got yeah. a little more grunt on you it. You can hear it. And it's, it's, I think it sounds cool. It does sound cool. And uh, <laughs> gear driven cams always sound cool. It's trucking well past 50,000 miles. Exactly. Uh, yeah. When it gets to 80 or 90, we're yeah. going to rebuild it. Right. And that's uh, But exactly not until then. Uh, and that's only because the rings are probably going to be worn. Yeah. And that's fair. And that's that element of Harley Davidson ownership that having a training program, having that information, when you get a bunch of people in your classroom that are all sitting there on their six thousand dollar, you know, or let's just be honest, between four thousand and ten thousand dollar Harley Davidsons, eighty percent of those are going to be twin cam eighty eights. Absolutely, yeah, twin cam eighty eights or sportsters. Boy, they made sportsers. a lot of them. Yeah, um, and those are great motors too. But yep. you know, there is a little maintenance that's required, yep. and I, I think part of what gets so many people with low miles on their Harleys. Is it has that stigma of being a problematic bike, right. especially because of like the shovelhead era. Sure. Um, and I, I sometimes I almost wonder if people are afraid to either dive into themselves, or maybe they're just afraid to put a ton of miles on it. Because um, I know there's a stigma in the used market that oh my god, over twenty thousand miles, like this thing's worn. Uh, it's really just broken in, unless you're riding it like an asshole. Do you know who created that stigma? Uh, unfortunately, was Harley. the dealers. Oh. It's the dealers. Because I've had my customers come in here and say, I just got back from the Harley dealer. They said, I've got 24,000 miles on this bike that they should, you know, it's time for a big bore kit. Yeah, absolutely not, man. I mean, mine's, like I said, mine's got 50,000. Right. I can do horsepower wheelies on the thing, yeah. you know. It's a very weird thing that in that sort of customer retention training, they're telling their people, if you can't get the customer to buy a new motorcycle at 24,000 miles, then your next best thing is to get them to run up an $1,800 service bill or a $2,500 service bill. So at least we're staying in business. And that's that's the myth that has been carried by one Harley guy who then, of course, goes, well, yeah, you're right, I better spend the three grand. And he does. And he's like, oh, but boy, my baby's happy again, and I'm more powerful Run than I was before. I'm, I'm virile. And... Tells his friends about how much happier he is now that he made that change. And that sort of thing becomes dogma. But that's and why you're so important, because people will know and keep these bikes right. running longer instead yeah. of having a problem in, in the future. It, most people don't even know that. No. And, we well, and the people that don't want to know it deserve what they get. <laughs> well, that's absolutely true. And there's a huge market for that, too. And, you know, we're... In the market right now, for people that are interested in buying motorcycles, it's a fantastic time to buy a Harley Davidson. Oh, they're dirt cheap, right? My God, this is a great time. I was just offered an Evo Sportster for twelve hundred bucks. Exactly. It's as in runs, rides. Yeah, needs some details. A little TLC. Right. Um, But there is no better time than ever to buy a Harley Davidson right now. Yeah, the used market is absolutely flooded during the whole OCC Sons Anarchy craze. Everybody ran out and bought a Harley, <laughs> and there are tons of them out there. And if any of the listeners ever considered buying a Harley, yeah. whether it be for investment or just to have one, now is absolutely. Oh, there's no fine. investment. Yeah, the, <laughs> unfortunately, the, well, the, the, volume, the bottom market, the, the value has definitely dropped out. I mean, right. if you bought an Evo or something, you keep it until it's a collectible. Yeah, but um, yeah. I had to yeah. tell a guy that the other day. I went to a guy's house. He wanted to trade in his Harley Davidson. And uh, his bike happened to be a 95. 
So it's uh, you know an FLH TCUPA or RT whatever ARP whatever exactly freedom whatever yeah it's all of those. And uh, I went out, and he lifted the, you know, he's got his two street rods in the garage. So he's got his two street rods out there, you know, Plymouth and Buick, in the same garage. Sacrilege. We'll get back to that I later. didn't know that even existed. Yeah, I didn't either. I was like, ah, that's not right. But there and, wasn't a Ford, so it's okay. Uh, Plymouth and Buick should never be in the same garage. No, Buick street ride. It was a, it was a 53. Kind of an oxymoron. Now, hold on. Well, they have, they have the GS. Well, some... You know, they have the GS. <laughs> this was a Buick. This was a 53 Buick. Three-hole. Special. Two-door. <laughs> Three-hole. Two-door. Yeah. Dyna Flash. Yeah. So, a cool, beautiful car. Gorgeous car. But next to it was like a freaking, you know, like a 39 or 40 big-ass Plymouth Bomb four-door that, that had like the true 1992 Orange County Choppers does a car. Like they mm, took something ripping out of the paint. Oh, job, of course. Course. Yeah. <laughs> oh it was terrible. I know. I just insulted half the custom world, but I don't care. Oh no, and the tattoo just, yeah. world. And of course, it was a big ass Plymouth. So as soon as I saw it, and I saw the dual exhaust coming out from where the bumper should have been, you know, of course, bumper delete. Everything mm-hmm. is nerfed and rounded off. It's lighter that way, man. Right. Well, yeah, six thousand pound car. No? Right. Exactly. <laughs> and I looked at the back, and I was like, let me guess. Uh, Small block Chevy with a TH350 tranny? How'd you know? Whoa. Oh, because you're that guy, you know? Because <laughs> nine inch in too? Right? right, exactly, right. Well, can you have all the car families in one car? So you got a Ford rear end, you got a General Motors engine, you got a Plymouth body. Let me guess, you got too big of an 850 carburetor. Yeah, exactly. Well, I was just. That's our story. It would have been cooler with like Cummins 5.9. All I can say is he bought his street rod in 93, he bought his Harley in 95. And that's the last time that human being walked upright and could throw a baseball further than his front yard. Yeah, 568 miles on each one. He's yeah, and he's got and like he's he's bought more belts for his pants than he's bought belts for his Harley Davidson. <gasps> Terrible. This dude is America. He is the living embodiment of a high carb diet. Diabetes. Merch. Diabetes. 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 I think freedom. I think I could see his foot falling off as we were having a conversation. <laughs> he was in such bad shape. We should have asked him. Poor I can't guy. believe women aren't throwing themselves at you with all these motorcycles and cars. I, I was going <laughs> to... He lives with a dude. I mean, that's cool. Who's another yeah, bachelor. Yeah. Uh, another bachelor. There are two bachelors who live together in Parma. Go figure. It's okay. They're not gay. The they no wouldn't allow trees. that in Parma. That's it. That's a law in Parma. But long story, not to beat up one of my wow. customers, which is our favorite part of the podcast. <laughs> but uh, but nice. I did go out to his garage and I pulled the cover up on this Harley... And it was all the things, right? You know, it was a heritage, you know, FLHT Harley, whatever, yeah. What do you tell the guy? Well, you tell the guy it's a 1995, so it's carbureted. It's an 80 cubic inch motor. Has its stupid plastic rotary valve that explodes and exactly. ends up in the oil pump. It does. And, oh, but it's only got 12,000 miles on it. It's worth $3,000. And I was like, so it's prime, it's ready to fail. And uh, he's like, <laughs> start up all the gaskets will start leaking. Right, exactly. As soon as you start this motorcycle, it will begin leaking. Right. It will bleed and out. It will crash and bleed <laughs> out. The motorcycle has Ebola. It just doesn't know it yet. The, uh, it is so bad. Like, you move it out of the garage where it's been keeping that side of the garage from floating away <laughs> for, since 1995. When you move it out of his garage... And you experience the flat spots on the tires and all the other things that are going to be. Because, mm-hmm. admittedly, he hasn't moved it in over five years. But it's worth a fortune to him. 
Yeah, no, he knows it's worth twenty five thousand dollars. And oh, man. I told him, I'm like, you better move the ticket zero off of that. <laughs> <laughs> I told him, I was like, I just got back from the auction where, first of all, they don't have many bikes in the auction that are over 10 years old. Mm-hmm. And those bikes are at five grand, six grand. So this thing, I said, your best hope is that in two years, this fucker becomes actually historical. It becomes an actual 25 year old historical vehicle, like right now. It's on the precipice. You can put a historical plate on it, get it running enough, and sell it as being a survivor. Sell it as being like, look, I added $3,000 worth of chrome and smashed birds to this thing how many years ago, and I didn't move it since then. Good luck. I know. Nobody wants that shit. And his is not the only garage in Parma. I checked. (laughs) There's fucking lots of them. There's tons of garages in Parma. And like 75% of them contain a Harley Davidson that hasn't moved since Christ was a fucking private. So, yeah, it's a really weird scene. Like, they all have chrome studs on the back. They, they, you know yeah. they all do. Yeah, My bike came out of a garage in Parma. It did. Hadn't moved in 10 years. <laughs> <laughs> Thank God for you for bringing it back to life and getting it back on the road. <laughs> Almost there. What, what kind of bike is it, Josh? Uh, 73 Yamaha TX750. The nice. worst motorcycle Yamaha ever made. That's how he introduced it. When I when I was talking to him today, he goes, the worst motorcycle Yamaha ever made. And he said, TX? And I went, TX? <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Again, there's a reason stereotypes exist. Yeah. And when he said the worst motorcycle Yamaha ever made, I had to do a mental Rolodex real quick because Yamaha hasn't made too many fuck-ups. No, they've made some glory. Well, the best bike I ever owned was an 82 Yamaha Virago 750. Mm-hmm. Again, I mean, performance-wise, it was nothing amazing, but you could ride the thing to Columbus on the throttle stops, <laughs> and it would just—it would just be fine. I tell you, why the bike had two settings, off and on. Right. I mean, and it just took it. When and, somebody and, says you know, it's the worst Yamaha, I had to play the game in my head where I'm like, I know a thing or two about motorcycles. Was there a bad one? Was there it was two one. Stroke? Is that two stroke? No, no, it's four. No, it's four oh, stroke. Okay. But it would. Especially with old school oil, they say it doesn't happen as much anymore. But it would froth the oil. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it was dry sump, and then yeah. nothing would get to the head, and right. it would blow up. Yeah. Mine didn't blow up, but it had bad compression in the stator. Yes, it. they had a, they had an incredible appetite for camp. Is it a parallel twin? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's what happened when it's the beautiful bike. It's it what happened when the XS 650 mm-hmm. wasn't competitive against all the, the other manufacturers. Oh, I see. So all the other manufacturers had 750s that had four cylinders. Mm-hmm. And even Kawasaki did, you know, if you didn't want the KZ1, if you didn't want 900cc yep. four-cylinder, they offered a 650, and they offered a 750 parallel twin. Yep. Mm-hmm. And so Yamaha was like, we can save this. We have the XS650 that, we have, that has been our big bike forever. And they said, well, we can make it a 750. And in the process, they tried way too many things at one time. Mm-hmm. A lot of new technology, but it wasn't refined enough. It wasn't. So it wasn't a Suzuki. No. <laughs> no. No. And then what Yamaha did was they recoiled from that. What year was that? What was your year? 73, 74. Right. So then I think that Yamaha backed away slowly. Apologies were issued, and they designed the XS1100, which was like they just dropped their dick on the table. With the well, they, they did the triples first. Yes, they did. That was my first triples. bike was an yep. 850. Yep. I love yep. that bike. But Fantastic. 
drag racing wise, those excess eleven hundred. The eleven hundred was good at everything except for being lightweight. <laughs> right. It did. It was hewn out of one piece of like mercury. <laughs> I've never in my life pushed a bike around the shop and went, Jesus fuck, are the brakes locked on this thing? No, just what it is. Oh, square headlight. Should have known. Yeah. <laughs> it still run low 11s, high 10s in the corner. Well, yeah. But it was like, <laughs> and the earth, and the day got one second longer that day. <laughs> when that bike launched, everybody's clocks became one second less accurate. The pavement actually moved yep. a little it bit. It was exactly <laughs> what it was. <laughs> yep. You're like, I don't know what happened, but is it leap year? Fuck. <laughs> no, they're racing excess 1100s down at Norwalk tonight. <laughs> Okay, can we have them run the track the other way? I'd like to get to work on time. Yeah, yeah, those things were fucking heavy and fucking powerful. Mm-hmm. Like they're very, very good bikes. I've been through a couple of them, and they were built. They were built like they built a Toyota Prius. Like they were built so that nobody could say bad shit about it. You're like, look, we got a target on our back. Well, by the way, the yeah. strippers Prius. Yes, the Strippers Prius. 100,000 more miles on it now. What? The, I put 100,000 okay. miles this, on the Strippers Prius. The Prius that you stole from a stripper <laughs> because the batteries were dead. Has 100,000 more miles on it? Right. How many miles total? I'm at 200 plus thousand. Yeah. Yeah, two hundred and wow. some thousand. And, and, oh, by the he way, has several Priuses. I'm gonna scoot over away from Priuses. <laughs> by the way, I have to put my first set of front brakes on it. Right, and that's the thing. Two hundred thousand miles, miles and you gotta put brakes fast on. enough to use the brakes. Re- no, it's regen, baby. Why use brakes when you can make electricity? Good call. Good yeah, call. It's like being able to eat your own shit. Exactly. I never have to feed her. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of regen, we'll, we'll go down that path or that yeah, yeah. hole real quick. So a couple years ago, I test rode the uh, Livewire Harley. Yes, you know, right. the one that they're now advertising for twenty nine thousand dollars, mm-hmm. which is absurd. We can get a zero for half the, the price. mission. Uh, I'm sorry. So the, I, mission I don't know if the new yeah. ones are any better, but they had a regen on it, which in yeah. theory is really great. Except the fact when you decel, it's basically applying the rear brake, and it would regen you all the way to a complete stop, and your rear brake light would never illuminate the entire time. <laughs> So when it applied the rear brake, no, it just regen it that hard. The regen no. on the live it wires. It was like you were riding. Oh, you couldn't brake. adjust it. No, yeah. yeah the just, first, wow. the first yeah. live wires. The first live wire I rode, and this was five years ago. Yeah, the first live wire that I rode was an astonishingly bad example of what could happen. And <laughs> he's not joking when he says that. In order to give it V twin like engine braking. They did give it V-twin-like engine braking. Like Kawasaki Vulcan 2000 V-twin engine braking. Like motorcycle that only has a four-speed transmission. No. No. It's just one speed. I'd be willing to bet with the the regen was so hard. I could ride it and stop and go traffic from here down. Yeah, and never touch the brakes. Never touch the brakes. Yeah, Yeah, the regen on the thing was If you didn't get rear-ended for not illuminating your brake light in the first place. Yeah, the regen was fierce on it. It was absolutely... and And it was one of those ones, too, where it was like, okay... I don't know what Harley's thinking here. Well, and yeah. this was five years ago. So this was that 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 first prototype bike. And so this was before the the whole bevel gear. It was yeah. It was range. before okay. the whole redesign thing. And the first bevel one that I gear. rode, it was noisemaker. I wanted it to be so good. I wanted it to be so amazing. And when I went out and rode it, it was just a fucking parade of yawns. And also, at no point did I ever feel like I could corner the bike because the weight was all in the wrong spots. 
I actually so, tried, and I got yelled at by the people leading. Oh, the did ride. you? <laughs> oh, the, the ride I was on never went over forty-three miles. No, an hour. we we went yeah. down like Brook Park Road yep. up Grayton. Yep. Like the only left turn I made was going back in the parking lot. Yep, they're probably dark siding it too. <laughs> <laughs> what you got back there? Got a Firestone? <laughs> oh, really? What is it? Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's a it's a it's a trail. Uh, it's a, some sort of a yeah. It's, uh, sport utility vehicles got them. Yeah, that's it. It's yeah. a one fifty five eighty. So all the tires that took off the Explorers. Yes, it was. <laughs> they were the Explorer. Yeah. Yeah, 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 the old Firestone Explorer tires. Yeah. Well, you know, they, not so much a big deal. If these flip over. So <laughs> the uh, yeah, it was really. Uh, so I'm interested to see what the new live wire is because we're supposed to have it in August. More exciting, in April, we're supposed to have the SRF, so mm-hmm. the Zero, which I'm just... That sounds way more I'm way more excited about that. I love those pictures. We're going to have... Yeah, that Zero thing is... We're all going to have to... It's... The Zero... I'm going to be geeked out on that. I'm going to need, like, three days to myself. Like, if anybody needs something, <laughs> yeah. I'm You should uh, definitely do a demo ride on those. Oh, those yeah. Those no, it's going to be a fucking <laughs> completely, like... It's going to be this kind of a demo ride. Hey, Steve. You got an hour to kill. Get over here right now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because we get here so fast. Well, we're not going to have 18 of them. We're not going to have 18. Yeah, sure. Like, I mean, we're going to have a couple. So we're going to have a couple. So it's going to be like, meh. And Zero's doing some crazy discounts on existing inventory. Like, I would like to say non-current inventory, but they just released some 2019s. It is 2019. They've released some 2019s to be sold out from the demo fleet. Oh, wow. Cheap. Like, I'm going to buy one. Oh, that's yeah. awesome. DS, DSR. By the way, and do they sell merch? Because I need to wear a Zero t-shirt on my heart. Like, we are getting some <laughs> fantastic. We, we have ordered a, a whack of merch. And if any of you folks at, uh, if any of you folks in Scotts Valley are listening, we did order the large display of merch. Ooh. We'd like to have it. Mm. Okay. Um, anyway, like, usually when some company tells me i got to buy, like, X hundred dollars or X thousands of dollars worth of displays and t-shirts, I say, go fuck your hat. Uh... This time, though, when they said that, the stuff is really nice. Fantastic. And I was like, no, I will allow that. Um, so you guys remember a few weeks ago we talked about trail breaking. And I, had not, I was not aware that it was as though I had discovered Uggs. <laughs> One week before <laughs> every pumpkin spice drinking latte who were... Decided they liked Uggs, too. And it was like I had a case of Uggs. And then everybody went, Uggs are cool. Well, it turns out that, like, a week after we dropped our podcast talking about trail breaking, the whole world, like 97 different media resources, started talking about trail breaking. Including, we got a hell of a shout-out from John Del Vecchio. And John Del Vecchio put his fucking money where his mouth is, and gave us a book, more than one book, um, all about riding your motorcycle in the corners. Nice. And what I love about this book is it has very large print. And uh, more importantly, it has... Pictures? Yeah, it has pictures. It's got got pictures like a fucking Haynes manual. Oh! Yeah, I love it. And so if you look, I'm going to pass it around, but he does all this like, don't do that, do this, which I like that kind of thing. Like... So there's a lot of comparative analysis stuff hmm. about like how you can better understand cornering on your motorcycle. The book's called Cornering Confidence by John Del Vecchio. 
he will probably somehow figure out a way to do a call-in interview with him or something technologically impossible, but other podcasts seem to achieve it. Uh, we still have an microphone and 12 beers. So on the table Just at the moment. the phone next to the exactly. speaker phone. phone next to the <laughs> so, John, what does that say? You say you got to ease off the gas and hold the brake? All right, Chris, tell him you got to ease off the brake. <laughs> ease off the fucking gas. Engine brake hard and let the back end shimmy. <laughs> I, I, on, a, on a quick flip through, this is a fantastic book because I can't tell, begin to tell you. This is an avid canyon carver. I can't begin to tell you how many people I've talked to that just have no idea yeah. how to enter a turn, what lines yeah. to take, engine braking into the turn. Right. Like, I learned trail braking the hard way by going into a turn too hot. Yes. Mm. You know, and just, you know, clenching and hoping things stuck. Yeah. I, um, on a quick scan of that book, that is excellent. Like, there was yeah. a kiss the mirror technique. Exactly. That, uh, yeah. Goes on about body positioning and good yeah. lines to take. And he's doing it all while riding uh, Motoguzzi Grizzo or a Brava. I can't tell, but... First of all, I know in some of the pictures there was a V7. Sure, inside. I saw that. and uh, So for sure, I mean... Like Grizo on the back. Yeah, Grizo or Brava. Uh, yeah, that's cool. we have a... Looks like a Harley Road King. Yeah, it looks like uh, a Road King. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It looks like a Yamaha Super Tenere. Yamaha Super and, uh, T. some giant Boxster Oh, that's BMW. a big BMW. Yeah, exactly. And they're all leaned over pretty okay. That's neat. Lantel scripts. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> the It is... So that thing is we're going out now. Anybody who's ridden on Cleveland roads, there's still salt. There's still all kinds of shit that hasn't. We have not had a good proper rain since the last time they decided to, to distribute. Yeah, since February 2nd. No shit. <laughs> Jesus Christ. And I'm cross country, and I'm, you know, driving through uh, Missoula, Montana, and it's like eight degrees, and it's all the, you know, big, beautiful snow covered mountains and shit. I'm like, I wonder what it's like at home. And they're like, don't even bother coming back. It's snowing. We're having an blizzard. And uh, there is a bar in Vancouver called The Dark Room. Ladies and gentlemen, if you like the idea of like a, uh, a gothic, uh, creepy haunted house themed bar with like the pictures with the eyes that follow you and move around... And like just enough smoke machine to give it ambiance. This is a very spooky bar. It's a it's it's a bar that does accurately give you the chills. Hmm. And it's just built in a strip mall frontage kind of thing. Like you're just on a normal street. Like you're on a normal street in Vancouver. And you know there's like a, a tobacco shop and there's like a you know a hair shop and a place to buy you know maple syrup. And then there's the dark room. <laughs> maple <laughs> syrup. And, that joke gets a little too much mileage. The, uh, but You're grasping, baby. It's gorgeous up there, though. It is. It is beautiful. Uh, I've never seen so many beavers in my life in the air, flying beaver uh, to Havland type one each. Except if you're down in. Yeah. No, there was a lot of there was a lot of wet beaver. Yeah, and they were dripping as they flew overhead. Oh man. Yeah, you could just see a little water just. On the glistening bottoms of the beavers. It's all going over. Hofford is lost, lost in the book. He's, Sorry, he's lost in the book. That's a really good book. It is a really good book. Yeah, it's a really good in book. In fact, so. I'm going to buy that. Cornering Confidence. John Del Vecchio. Buy one. Well, I'm going to order a bunch of them in for the shop, so I'll oh, make okay. sure to get you guys covered. Those are on me. I'll buy them for you. My gift to you. The uh, I'll get you some. I think the, everybody uh, should buy that book. I do, too. I think that everybody I ride with should buy that book. Uh, <laughs> we're right behind me. Please, thank you very much. No, yeah. no they might rear end you because they didn't trail break in the turn oh. right in front of me. Yeah, please do. 
the uh, I was trail breaking today on a 1977 P200. Not a suitable application of trail brake. Trail brake. Let me tell you, I was like a bike with 600 original miles on 1977 tires. You were a brake man. 41 year old tires. Wow. And I rode it just far enough to pronounce it as being, you know, like we've done the work you told us to do. We've recommended strongly that you buy tires because if you don't, you're stupid. And you're going to take the way it is. So I've ridden it. Mission accomplished. I've lived. Like, again, Pay that's, your why, bill. that's why I'm wearing my fancy boots today. I, so. I'd like to ask him about leading link trail breaking. Oh, leading link trail breaking. Because with leading links, as you break, the suspension rises. Right, so, I mean, I imagine the force would still The be... force, the contact patch is still affected, right? You're still right. distributing still, I think, I load would, I would think that the load is still going forward. Yes. But I just have a question, I mean, since I'm, your geometry I, I don't have... is definitely going the wrong way. Right, your, right. your geometry is going like this well, instead of like this. Mm-hmm. So I just want, I mean, maybe he could, if he wants to just drop a line on that, yeah. or I mean... Mm-hmm. Who right? remembers the first time they rode a shaft drive motorcycle through a hot turn? And then found their exit line and gave it the beans. I ended in a ditch. (laughs) I just screamed because it was the Virago and, you know, you gassed it and the whole thing goes up in the air. I was on a Super Magna and I was leaned over hard and I had picked my exit line and I was riding it, you know, a certain degree of enthusiasm and I gave it everything that 700cc motor had to give. V4, not, you know, not a small event. And when I cracked the throttle, like I had done on all the other motorcycles I own, my motorcycle got taller. (laughs) (laughs) Fucking taller! My Virago used to do the same. How the fuck does a motorcycle get taller when leaned over and you have the whole world pushing you down into the corner? I cracked the throttle and the bike got taller, which blew my fucking line. I hit and curb. Mm. I hit the curb. I did all the things. I did. I got a low side, got a high side, got a front side, got all the sides of the motorcycle, and then hit the cable that holds the telephone pole up. Ooh. Ooh. So the cable that holds the telephone pole up, mm. they put a plastic thing, like a plastic condom, around the cable. Mm-hmm. It says, "Don't hit this." Well, yeah. yeah, it's yellow. <laughs> the decapitator. Well, at the bottom of the cable, what holds the cable to the ground is a really, really big piece of rebar. So there's a big piece of rebar that's, like, driven into the ground hastily, you know, by, like, you know, roustabouts, I'm sure. It's the huge you know, eye. Right? <laughs> and so <laughs> there's this piece of rebar going into the ground at a 45-degree angle holding the cable stay up to hold <sighs> the telephone pole up. And somehow or another, I just hit that somehow directly <laughs> between my, like, third and fourth rib. <sighs> and it went... Right into my body and came right out again. And it put a one inch hole in my leather jacket. Oh, fuck. Did you spin around a couple times? No, I, mean, I, mean, I, just, you know, I just hit it and, like, I was on it for a second and I was off of it. I'm so, surprised it didn't hurt. I didn't even know what happened. <laughs> did it make a sound? Yeah. Like a yeah, sucking sound. sound. If it did, was a sound that you like? Uh, okay. What happened was when I stopped rolling, when I stopped falling, mm-hmm. Which, as usual, you know, you get up and you start running before you stop rolling because you're stupid. Yep. And, <laughs> right, exactly. 
I must take this momentum. No, clearly I've stopped running. I must get up now. The crash is over. No, the crash isn't over yet. The juice is coming out. I went over and picked the motorcycle up. It was super fucked. Mm -hmm. I mean, the definition. And it's broad daylight. And so I went into the diner, the restaurant. I went to the diner to call 911. And I go in and I make the phone call. Base, this is Phil. I've had a bit of a mishap. Motorcycles. Motorcycles in pieces, hit the curb, blah, 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 whatever. I'm sure engineering was involved. Uh, whatever. But just so you know, if you get a phone call, don't send an ambulance. I don't want to make a big show out of this. I'm up and walking around and life is good. Mm-hmm. Hang up the phone, because we didn't have cell phones back then. I walk, out of, I walk out of yonder diner, and as I walk out of the diner, the woman who is, like, working at the diner. Uh, yeah, okay, that's cool. Yeah, I'll do that. Okay, so the woman that's working at the diner, she said, she goes, honey, honey, you need to sit down. Are you okay? <laughs> and I said, no, I'm absolutely fine. I'm going to go out and wait for the wrecker I called. So hopefully the wrecker will get here before the cops do, and we can move this down the road without there being any you know, unnecessary involvement by law enforcement, tickets, etc. Insurance being raised, whatever. Lame. And she goes, no, you're bleeding all over my floor. <laughs> look, look, look. All over my subway tile diner floor. And I went, it washes off. Yeah, here. We're given character. And I gave myself the full checkout. Like, I'm like, knees, elbows, head. I'm gonna, I'll be honest with you. I was not so wearing a helmet. I was wearing no helmet. Oh, no. My sunglasses evaporated on impact. I don't even know where they went. But I was okay. I mean, I was fine. <sighs> Sorry. <laughs> I'll, I'll get this I over with. Oh, those guineas. Oh, oh, those Ginnai are active. Nothing like a little nitrogen. That is <laughs> nitrogen for all what ails you. It's the smoothizer. <laughs> she made me pick my jacket up. When she picked my jacket up, she says, no, you have a hole in you. Oh, my God. And so she went and got a bunch of napkins. And, and you she, said you do, too. <laughs> <laughs> and she put all the napkins on my the hole in my back. <laughs> and so I held the napkins on the hole in my back because I could reach it. And I held the napkins, and I went back out to the scene of the crime. And found she, the plug. <laughs> found the plug. I had to walk around for a while to figure out what did it. I just had to look for like all the, the fill shaped marks on earth, you know, because there were things that got hit. And I eventually figured out that it was that piece of rebar that had all the skin and leather on it. So and, rebar one, good clue. Yeah, because rebar's got ridges on it. And the ridges on rebar? So do ruffles. <laughs> Ruffles have ridges. So yeah, she called the police. She called nine one one. I told them not to call nine one one. She did not heed my advice, and she called nine one one. So in a very short period of time, an ambulance showed up. And, you were five hundred dollars uh, poorer. Five hundred, <laughs> sweet baby Jesus! I wish it was five hundred dollars. Uh, this was the nineties, and ambulances were still an insane amount of money. But yeah, they took me in, and they they gave me all kinds of things and sewed me up. But I missed all the important parts. So yeah, the. The rebar went in, the rebar came out, and all the important shit got out of the way. Mm-hmm. So it was good for me. Still have the jacket. It's got a hole in it. More of a souvenir than anything else. Just, just don't crash the exact same way. Yeah. Still, still have a bag. Hole closed up. Don't yeah. figure it. Just don't get here. hit there again. Yeah. You're okay. Yeah. That's exactly right. Yeah. yeah. I mean, hey. Put a pop, like a bottom of a soup can right there. <laughs> and that's that thing, too, where you're like, okay. I'm not joking when I'm telling you I didn't know it. Like mm-hmm. at no point did I ever, at no point did I ever was, was like, like, I've had a piece of metal jammed on my body X number of inches deep. I have no idea. I, I didn't know. 
There's no fucking no. I mean, I can kind of understand that. Yeah. So the first time I ever wrecked a motorcycle, well, second time I ever wrecked a motorcycle. <laughs> First time I wrecked a motorcycle, the first time I rode one, I just fell over. Um, <laughs> CB750, rode down the street, tried to pull a U-turn. Bam! Oh. Anyways, so I tried to do a rolling burnout on my KZ400, the same one I still have. And, um, you know, it started out really well, and then I tried to ride off, and it fishtailed, and it high-sided me off the thing. And, um, <laughs> it, YouTube wasn't around that. Oh, my God. It was, it was right in front of a group of people. It was amazing. I still have a scar there on my chin. <laughs> Anyways, so I got high-sided off the thing. Somewhere along the lines, my chin bounced off the pavement. Ooh. And, um, you know, I, I was completely unaware of it. Like, I remember flying, being airborne over my bike with a half-shell helmet on, because I had to be cool in 2001, you know. Yeah. Uh, flying through the air, hit the ground, and I remember like jumping immediately back to my feet, like, "Oh my god, I broke a mirror!" <laughs> <laughs> and you're like, that little 400 was still running on its side, man. Oh. Picked the thing up, was like, "Cool, the bike's okay." Got on it, and like as soon as I sat on it, like blood hit the tank. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, looked in the mirror, and you know, I was like, "Oh, I'm bleeding a little bit." And I went to my buddy, who was a fireman, still is fireman. Yeah. And who was with me, and I was like, hey, "Is this bad?" He's like, "Oh, oh yeah." yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah it's definitely bad. <laughs> so eventually, it led to six stitches in my chin. As to this day, I do not remember striking the pavement in any way, right. shape, or form. Oh, yeah. yeah, your brain protects you from that. It yeah. just—it's gone. Yeah, your brain does yeah. a great job of making sure that you don't remember. You don't need that. You don't need that. <laughs> this is not a memory you will need in the future. This was not a learning experience. <laughs> a learning experience is going to come to the hospital later. Yes, it right? is. Yes, it is. When you get lectured by the old lady nurse about how dangerous motorcycles are. Yes. <laughs> and how much this is going to hurt when we scrub you. Mm, yes. Yeah. I have this packet. There's a gravel in there. When you hear that packet of Betadine scrub brush bullshit open up. Chris, what do they call those? Ouchies. Ouchies. <laughs> <laughs> you worked in the industry. What does one of those Betadine disposable scrubby things cost? What's that going to go for, yeah, roughly? It's a dollar. It's dollar a buck, yeah. right? Well, that's what they pay for. Right, exactly. <laughs> cost me like cost. $350. <laughs> oh. Yeah. But that is a device that every time to this day that I see those coming at me. <laughs> no, 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 no. Oh, fuck, man. Do they have little demons that live in those that inflict pain on It's them? called Betadine. <laughs> yeah. If you have insurance, they will. <laughs> <laughs> That's the main reason. Like, those things exist like gravel. Like, the whole idea of somebody told some Get doctor something. Get shit somewhere. out of there. Fuck you. You're riding along oh. without a helmet? We're going to tear that shit out of you. Seriously. What the fuck is going on over there, Chris? Why do people act like it's their job to get gravel out of my body? <laughs> it's just joy. gravel. It's organic. Jesus Christ. It's pure joy. Oh, my God. So when you were a kid, I mean, I don't know if this was the same way when you were a kid, but when yeah. I was a kid, you'd go, you'd get, like, scraped at, like, you'd go to Grandma's house. Yeah. And you get scraped, and you didn't want to get hurt at their house because mm. she poured straight up alcohol yeah, all yeah. over you. Right, and like all the normal people had Bactine because Bactine doesn't hurt you at all. Oh, but, but Grandma wanted to inflict pain on you, and then she out. like you know she had that leather suit in the bedroom <laughs> and stuff. But you know, it's like your grandmother the, was different. Yeah, <laughs> no, but I mean, why did they want to pour alcohol on you when you could have just got? She had the leather suit in the bedroom. Grandma was she a wasn't welder. wasting her fucking money on Bactine. She's got good alcohol right, right. here. Vodka. She did a hell of a flip stick, though. In <laughs> her leather skirt. Yeah. Yep, that's the fancy going out to meet in skirt. See, my uh, grandmother gave me ice cream whenever I had a bicycle. Oh, really? And my mother poured the Bactine out of oh, the alcohol or whatever. And well, no, my grandma. She just dug out of it. Yeah. 
And she always said, you better poop before you leave. <laughs> and I, would, I don't know why I remember that <laughs> shit. Oh my, why would, why, my grandma must have been a little bit strange. <laughs> we must have been? <laughs> we couldn't. You better poop before you leave. That is just wonderful. She <laughs> had a free toilet seat. <laughs> we built bicycle ramps on my neighborhood trails. Bicycle ramps that would have made the English space program proud. <laughs> I mean, these things were just. There is no English space program. Again, <laughs> and I'm your straight man. These were so good, and these ramps yeah, were amazing. But none of us had any science problems. Like none of us. Like none of us knew, like an arched ramp versus like a a, a, a curved ramp, a launch ramp. No. We just made fucking ramps. I just two by sixes and cinder blocks. No. Oh, English yeah. make reducing <laughs> radius ramps. <laughs> that was one of the two by six bang. That was the. It looked straight until you hit it. <laughs> right. Turns out there is very few things in the world better at building a ramp than a refrigerator door. <laughs> so if you got like, because they made when I was a little kid, they made people start taking the doors off of refrigerators. You know, when they throw them away, you throw them out. You had to take the door off of it. You drag it home. Was when we were just like kids, we were like, oh, that looks like a really good ramp. And so we'd take it down to the trails. We'd drag it out behind the dirt bike, you know, drag it out behind the bicycles, take it out to the trails, dig a little bit of a ramp, do a little bit of a ditch, stick the refrigerator door in it, like you said, cinder blocks. Uh, pretty much the universal building code material for a nine-year-old. <laughs> exactly. Right? And we would build ramps that would make anybody envious, but we ate shit for like 11 hours a day. It and, bounced. It was okay. Well, that was the game. Was like works, you just rip half your face off, and your buddy'd be like, "Okay, hold still. We're gonna put some dirt in it." <laughs> I was like, "It has dirt in it now." Well, yeah, we gotta stop. Enough. We gotta stop the bleeding, man. We're gonna put some dirt in it. It'll There's stop only the anthrax in that dirt, so don't worry about it. It'll, <laughs> well, exactly. It'll eat away all the blood yeah, okay. and the flesh. Yeah, somebody that suggested burning it because yeah. they saw it in a western. <laughs> <laughs> Does anybody have any gunpowder? Yeah, I don't yeah, like yeah. where this is headed. <laughs> I can't hang out with you anymore. You guys are a little tough. This neighborhood's a little weird. Yeah. <laughs> Just because Timmy over there rolls his own cigarettes. It's fucking weird, man. His older brother went to Vietnam. So. He did. Right, exactly. Right, exactly. We had the guy that used to throw loaded aerosol cans in the fire. Yes. Oh, I got then, a video of that. Oh, no, then, no. And then blew up, and then it, blew, it blew up on him and burned him from his dick to his neck. That did not happen to me. No, and wow. so so he was proud, and he would walk around with no shirt. He would take his shirt off as soon as he saw you, and his whole body was scar tissue from really? his neck to his dick. Wow. Holy hell. That is fierce. He ended up dying flying dope back from Columbia. But That's a good way to go. What a life. After, <laughs> you survived, after you survived the great aerosol can fire of 1978. He would also light his house on fire. He would pour gasoline. His Wait house, a the facade of his house was getting out. No, seriously, we'd yeah. stand there as little kids and watch him do this. Right. Yeah, yeah. The facade of his house was brick. Right. He would pour gasoline on the facade of his house. Okay. And he had this little. I, and it's I remember crazy. it vividly. He had a little black tray. Okay. And he'd pour gasoline in that black in tray, tray, and he would flip a match in okay. that black tray, and Oof. his house would light on fire, and then he would start hosing it. I mean. Not that water is effective against uh, uh, yes, uh, and accelerant, right. yeah. accelerants, yes. But his house would burn. What the fuck? The brick on the front of his house would be burning, and this little, and he would light it off this little tray. Wow! And it was amazing because we would just go down there just to see what he was going to burn that day. <laughs> yeah, because he was a, the guy was a pyromaniac. One of my classmates' name, the kid's name was Greg Popik. So if any of you listeners are putting two and two together, in like 1976 or 75. 
His brother was the kid that you've all heard about who threw a firecracker down the sewer and lit the gas off, and the manhole went in the air. It actually works. And hated him so bad that it came and found him. Oh, wow. wow. And the manhole fell out of the sky, or God threw it at him. We're not sure which one. (laughs) But it hit him in the back and and broke him as a human. Like, it broke him. Like, as a human being, he was broken. And he had to go to hospital forever. And, yeah, so his brother was in my class. And, like, eventually that kid came out of the hospital, but he looked like a question mark. Uh, (laughs) It was not cool. But it was that, like, he was the cautionary tale of, like, don't throw ladyfingers down the sewers. Yeah, and that does happen because I was a, I was a paperboard. I threw a match down the sewer. Yeah, in sure, front yes. of Mr. Goobank's house. I I remember it vividly. And the sewer Mr. went. Goobank's house? Mr. Goobank. Mr. Goobank. Damn it! And I knew went, that fucker. Boom! And and like flames came out yeah. of the sewer like that. And I swear, I I thought I blew up the, the Goobank's city. house. I thought I blew up the guy's <laughs> house. And I was walking by there just like to see if he was like if they were dead. And I went to collect that night, even though I already had collected. <laughs> oh my god! Just to make sure Pretending that I didn't to kill collect. Him, like, you were double. So that you okay. weren't. Yeah. yeah. Mr. Goobank's still looking for you. Wow. Man. No, but I mean, I really, I really yeah, thought, thought I killed that house. entire family. I mean, oh I was a little god. kid. I, well, mean, yeah. I mean, I was eleven years old, and I blew up that fucking sewer. Damn. But it was like. The flames can, and it didn't do it immediately. Like I threw it in there, because like, yeah. you know you used to flick matches. Oh, yeah. oh god! Yeah. And it was fun to flick a match. Right. But I flicked it in the sewer, and, and I was walking Wolf. away. And then As when Chris the air say. fuel mixture got correct, <laughs> it blew. <laughs> it blew. It's like one of those action posters where you're walking, <laughs> yeah. there's yeah. fire behind you, <laughs> and then a manhole cover hits you in the head because God doesn't like. <laughs> no, you. but it was a grating, so it didn't blow the grating off the sewer. Oh, okay. We used to it, shoot bottle rockets in them. I don't know what was in the sewers where you were growing up at. Well, no, if somebody. It <laughs> yeah, never happened. Yeah, but people thing, used baby. to change the oil or dump gasoline <laughs> down the, the storm sewers or whatever. Yeah, but insane. Back in the good old days. <laughs> Indeed. When people would change their oil right over the fucking sewer grate. And the river caught on that's fire. It. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And that's, Euclid. How, and that's how you get a fucking flaming river. Euclid. <laughs> but we also used to play baseball. We used to take uh, soup cans when they were steel. Yes. Did you ever do that? You c- cut the, uh, the bottom can. You don't cut out. You yes. put a hole in it. Yes. And then you cut the tops and the bottoms out of all these soup yes. cans. And you we take used tennis together. ball cans. Yeah. And then you... Put a tennis ball and you take like hairspray or whatever, you shake it up and you fire it. Do you know what that device is called? It has a name. Gun? Tennis ball cannon, that's what we used to call it. Polish cannon. Polish cannon? <laughs> Polish cannon. On the east side, you know, it was a Polish yeah. cannon. It was a Polish so cannon. I grew up on, in Euclid. Well, you grew right. up like well, a, Wycliffe. Few, few, yeah, few streets away from, from you. Yeah. But, so we used to play baseball. We were like apparently that. better at being racist than you were. <laughs> <laughs> so we would play baseball and the pitcher would fire the, the mm-hmm. tennis ball cannon. Yeah. At the, and we we were at the school, the Wells yeah. School on yeah. Lloyd Road. Oh, yeah. yeah. And we would fire the cannon. So then we got the brilliant idea of dousing the Yes, we've ball. all been there with gasoline. <laughs> with, yeah. You yeah, light the ball yeah, on fire, yep. and then you'd fire the yeah. flaming tennis ball, yeah. and you play baseball with flaming tennis ball. Oh, that's how you can light a house on fire four streets away and not know it. <laughs> <laughs> no, so, no, yeah. so the one day we fired it, and it went on top of the school. Two-inch oh. pipes? Two we inch all ran, yeah. and oh for God. the rest of the day, we circled the, the school yeah. on our bikes, like on the back street and then around, to see if the school <laughs> A truly fucked up kid in your neighborhood knows that two-inch iron pipe is the perfect bore for a D-sized battery. 
<laughs> oh, and, really? And everybody hates that kid. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because we were, that was our mortar. Mm. We would get every dead D battery. And when we were kids, D batteries were everything. Yeah. Like, you know, everything. Mm-hmm. This is today's double A's, triple A's, whatever. Ammunition. But when we were kids, everything needed D sized batteries because toys were bigger and they required more amperage, they required more capacity. And. So all the toys had D-sized batteries in them. Like Christmas was with like a box of D-sized batteries. They lasted like five minutes. Yeah, because the you know because <laughs> the you know, carbon because what? the dancing monkey symbol thing <laughs> thing like you'd eat a battery in like ten minutes. <laughs> you know, but you know, clang clang clang, and the battery's dead. But yeah, you launch that shit out of a two-inch pipe, that thing goes for miles. Well, I mean. We think. <laughs> Kids, a, we've never been there when they've come down. So. There's a YouTube channel, yeah. and you just write into the YouTube channel, and they yeah. fire whatever you want out of a shotgun. Yes, yes. Exactly. Well, you probably saw that one. Right, yeah. But batteries are right. deadly. Mm-hmm. Holy cow, they, they load, yeah. like, triple uh, A's or double A's into um, 12-gauge shotguns, yeah. and they fire those things, and they penetrate everything. It's amazing. So back to motorcycles. <laughs> Away from pyrotechnics. Yay! Now we taught you how to blow up your neighborhood. So wait a minute. I learned some shit at Cleveland Moto. You Yay. grew you grew up in Wycliffe in the late sixties, early seventies. Yeah, I was born in the late sixties. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So you were. So I grew up in the seventies. So you were born in the same place at the same time as my Fiat eight fifty. <gasps> it it's origin. It was originally sold in Wycliffe in nineteen sixty seven. And Lloyd Motors. No, yeah, it was a battery in it. That's why. That's why I have a spare windshield. Wasn't it Wolf Wolf Motors? It was. uh, It was on Route Six. Yeah, Route Six did all the. It it was. It was. It might have been a. The the dealership was called uh, Volk Motors. I don't. Of course, it was. (laughs) It wasn't Euclid Nazi Motors. Exactly. (laughs) That place is real. Yeah, that place is real. That place is real. Do not. That's a Volkswagen dealership. (laughs) They don't want to be talking about your dancing bears or nothing in there. (laughs) Oh, who are the dead and where are they following me? Get that piece of shit out of here. (laughs) You fucking goddamn fucking hippies. (laughs) You fucking bring the fucking grateful dead shit to you. Yes, exactly right. Yeah, that guy has no sense of humor, by the way. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They did some. They they sold me some shit for my Volkswagen. They're not. He's not kidding when he says Euclid Nazi uh, fucking. I worked for them. Uh, you did? Yeah. Oh my god! Wow. <laughs> Have you seen Kyle? She's about this tall. <laughs> no, the guys. The, the one guy ran the 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 repair shop. Yeah, yeah. The other guy ran the. The parts shop on the corner. There's and the other guy runs the ovens? Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. That was pretty bad. Yeah, no, it was, that place was really bad. Well, I mean, for the schnitzel. The yeah. <laughs> is expressed in this podcast may or may not reflect Oh, my God. The- All right, I'm sorry I brought this up. Motorcycles. <laughs> and the look on back to the world. <laughs> Man. No, that was a terrible place. Do you remember the first time you rode something with a motor that was two-wheeled? Yeah. Tell me about it. Absolutely. Uh, one of my, I had this kid in my neighborhood named Bobby Miller, who was a fucking mechanical savant at the age of, like, one. And every time somebody would throw something to the curb that had a reciprocating piston in it, his family would just, like, be drawn to it. And his family had the smallest house on our street. It was, like, our house, our street was all these, like, 19, like, 
pre-war and just post-war bungalows to support the factories in the neighborhood. And so they're all like two-bedroom, one-bath kind of thing. Just normal little, I don't know what term you'd use, bungalows. I don't know, Cape bungalows, whatever. It's welcome to Cleveland. And it's the suburbs. And But there's always that one or two weird houses on the street that don't fit in. Yeah. There's the one house that's slightly bigger than it should be. Mm-hmm. And there's the three or four other houses that didn't quite grow to be full-size houses. <laughs> They're just house seeds, basically. And the and one that looks like a Quonset hut. Yes, there's always that one, <laughs> yeah. that one guy's like, what the fuck's that all about? I bought my house military surplus. Yeah. <laughs> Up there in the underground. That's exactly right. You always care when you trick-or-treat at that house. Yeah. <laughs> trick-or-treat from a distance. Send your dumb friend up. <laughs> <laughs> well, he looks okay. <laughs> hey, Ralph, go put on my mask and go up there and see if you can get another candy bar out of that guy. Yeah. <laughs> That was Tony L'Oreal's house. He didn't want to give you any candy, but he sure liked to his wrestle. Dad looked like, <laughs> his dad looked like Mario. Which one? Like from, from the, the video game? Nintendo. Oh, okay. Mario and Luigi? Yeah. Well, this kid lived in, this this family lived in like the, the, the little house, like the weird little house mm-hmm. on the street. Now, bathing was not a thing that happened in their house. Like, these kids were dirty, always. Like, filthy dirty, always. And they lived next door to my best friend in the world. So I was always playing with my, you know, my friend, best friend in the world, you know, five years old, whatever, four years old, you're doing your thing. And then the Millers were next door and they were just like nicest people in the fucking world. But you could tell they were like West Virginia or whatever, right? Trucks ran out of gas in Euclid, I understand. Right on, right. So they sold there. So they were, they were, but they were good, hardworking, solid people. And then what their excuse for a garage was. They had this garage that was somehow attached to the house. That the garage was nicer than the house. And the garage was a one car. And so the one car was just full of weird shit. And Bobby was just... His dad was a great mechanic. And Bobby turned out to be like by osmosis and like engineering and breeding. Bobby was a great mechanic. And Bobby could bring back anything off a tree lawn... And put together like five different things, because there used to be gas-powered washing machines. Oh, Maytag. Yeah. And I'm going to tell you guys, if you didn't know about gas-powered washing machines, that is the source of many an internal combustion engine, mm-hmm. because they were all being thrown out in about 1973. There were even some twin-cylinder ones. Yes, there were. Yeah, oh, makes them more smoother. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, so we would garbage pick all that shit as kids, and we wouldn't tear up the neighborhood. And so the dumb kids, myself included, would get wood, and we would steal wooden things out of the trash, and we would make little, you know, push carts. You know, we'd, we all little, like, you know, push carts, go carts, push, push them around. You had a string, you know, whatever, all that horrible shit that we all see pictures of. But Bobby over there, like, he was welding at the age of three or four years old. <laughs> I took you know? him upside down in kindergarten, right? And, and he was welding like, you know, the look away welding. Yeah, you know, yeah. stick welding. Mm-hmm. Just being like, okay, ready? And he'd look away, and then, like, instant sunburn. And then, like, okay, good. Good enough. Let's go run. Let's go run it. And any time we would find, like, a riding lawnmower, which they looked different back then. Riding lawnmowers were more of a weird contraption with little tiny wheels on them. Anytime a riding lawnmower was found. Yeah, those snappers? Those, like, flat snappers? They, they were just weird, man. But anytime one was found... Bobby Miller and all of his cohorts and his father and everybody would get together and they would make a go-kart out of it. Which basically is to say, it was still a riding lawnmower, it just didn't cut grass anymore. 
It just propelled children down the street at like 30 miles an hour. <laughs> in the snow. With like the tiller handle thing on the front of it. And you can't get a lot of control when like three wheels aren't really on the vehicle that came from the vehicle. So there's like, out of four wheels, only two of them are the same size and they're not on the same corner. Like that kind of deal. It's pretty solid. So that was my first motorized vehicle. Develop corning techniques. Oh, our big trick was we would get it going on the snowy days. So when the snow snow days hit, and we wouldn't have school, because that was that used to happen, we'd get that you know whatever thing we had built, we'd get it out and run it down the street as hard as we could, and then just throw her sideways and see what happened. That's a good plan. That's a good plan. <laughs> you mentioned snow. <laughs> I'd rather not. No, I just wondered if Wycliffe had. A pension for bumper hitching like we did. Yeah. yeah. Every kid in my neighborhood Everybody for a while had no front teeth because well, of nobody bumper Nobody knows what bumper hitching is anymore. Come on, dude. About? That's what spoilers are for. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's right. That's <laughs> modern Keep bumper right hitching. Back of Grab him. That's modern bumper hitching. I remember hitching. being in my 20s and we'd have a couple beers. You know, we, I had this Honda Prelude. One of my buddies would drive. <laughs> and then we would hold on the bumper and we'd wait until we get to like 40 or 50. And then we have contests to see who can knock the other one off. Yeah. <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> I am not making this up. This is what you're doing well. Bumper hitching, <laughs> right, bumper hitching is basically barefoot water skiing for people that can neither afford a lake or a boat. <laughs> but you can afford to live somewhere that's fucked up. It's, it's like ice planted off in the winter. Well, you know, you can't go to school. We can't make you smarter, so let's see if we can kill you. <laughs> so here's the bumper on a 72 fucking Plymouth Grand Fury. If you don't die, you're right. And you're going to grab onto the bumper with your mittens on or whatever. And then sooner or later, your feet are going to hook up. <laughs> and when your feet hook up, it is fucking like Barishnikov oh, yeah. into the goddamn chrome. And you just like take a big old bite of chrome. <laughs> And hopefully you, your death grip lets go before your face actually hits the bumper. Since what we held on the spoilers, it was higher. Yeah, And then well, you have the, the, the five-mile-an-hour bumpers. It was yeah. a better on your knees. Again, more modern. You and your bumpers. The 70s bumpers were really rough. <laughs> they were solid. They were metal. <laughs> and if you were lucky enough to have a General Motors one, it already came rusted out from Japan. That way so you're getting tennis shots right, right off the rip. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, bumper hitching was, that was big fun. Yeah. Volkswagens were the best. Yeah. Absolutely. Could those pull you? Or would it stop? <laughs> <laughs> well, it was in the four eight year olds could stop a Volkswagen. <laughs> they hooked up. Those, because yeah, it had, yeah. I mean, the engine was in the back all the way. It was in the 25 back horsepower, but my God, it could hook up <laughs> in the snow. <laughs> and it had that nice curved bumper. Yeah. And the motor was there to keep your hands warm. <laughs> oh, good point. Uh, and your miles face. an hour. <laughs> Leaked oil. Keep, keep your feet. Keep your feet. <laughs> <laughs> carbon monoxide off the exhaust <laughs> in your face. <laughs> that, I remember. Yeah. You didn't need an antidepressant. I remember the horrible joke was why does the uh, why does the Yugo have a rear window defroster to keep your hands warm when you're pushing it <laughs> <laughs> and that was those are the jokes we told in the 80s <laughs> we made fun of the Euro the Yugoslavians and their crazy culture and those fiats they were selling us we made Vegas and Pentos yes exactly yeah, that was so much better <laughs> with 17 miles of vacuum line what does that hose do I don't know it operates something in the back of the car <laughs> it opens my mailbox at home. Yeah, it opens yeah. my mailbox and it runs the wipers and the heater dampener. Is this a car or a player piano? What's going on here? I've got 96 miles oh, of one vacuum leak. One vacuum leak, it whole car will break. <laughs> right, exactly. And we need to die here. Uh, what would you guys say financially 
would be the right price to pay. And this is a weird one because we did mention it earlier. We have in our building with us right now a 2016, maybe 15, doesn't matter, Moto Guzzi Grizzo. This is a 1200. This is an 8-valve motor. It has the rollers, the roller rockers. So it's the best version of a Grizzo you can get. And it's got spoke wheels. It does have spoke wheels. It has all the Brembos. It has all the awesome suspension. Uh, And the customer, before taking delivery of the bike, took off the standard tires and put on full racetrack spec Rosa Corsos. Rosa Corsa 2s. Uh, so it's got $500 worth of rubber added to it for no goddamn good reason. And I think it has 79 miles on it. <laughs> okay. The pipes aren't even changed color. This is a $15,000 bike brand new. Just letting you know, it's fifteen grand brand new. It's the, the color is a color they call the Red Devil is the color. Uh, it's uh, flat red and black. And... That bike needs to get sold. It's a Moto Guzzi Grizzo. It's a Grizzo. It's the hairy-chested, bad-attitude Italian... It's an awesome bike. Yeah. You can track that, and you can take a passenger on it. You can take a passenger on it. They're it should ve- still be worth the price. They're very comfortable. And this guy's got to sell it. He's got a bad diagnosis, bad diagnosis from his doctor. Um, he's got a, a, a balance issue that's not going to clear itself up. He bought the bike, we did all the work on it for him, and he desperately wants to sell the thing. What I can tell you about him is they are fucking fun. They're a they are a hairy, larry, grunty motorcycle. They have no traction control. They they do have ABS. No, they don't have ABS. It's like a man's Italian bike. Yes, it I is. I mean that in a totally non-sexist way. No, but you're right. It's like I've had a poster up on of that bike in my garage since they were launched, like back in 2008 or 2009. The exhaust is especially cool. The exhaust is gorgeous. The thing that everybody cuts off of motorcycles, the Italians went to a lot of trouble designing to make look sexy. Uh, the Grizzo's just a vicious brute of a motorcycle that does corner and it does handle and it does reward you for being a good rider. And it's a sexy bike. Yeah, God, it looks. Good. And it's unique. Like you want a Harley? Is your unique? No, no. Yeah, get a Grizzo. Right, and even if you show up on fifteen different flavors of Ducati, the Grizzo still is different. It's it'll, a it'll totally different machine. And it's a Gucci, which means you're the most interesting person in the room. Absolutely. Or at least you can tell yourself you are. <laughs> I've taken them off before. The exhaust is about thirty-six pounds. And I if would... you replace it with an uh, if you replace it with a Agostini pipe, the Agostini pipe that replaces it weighs about eight pounds. <laughs> so, what year did you say that was? It's a. I think it's a two thousand and fifteen. Yeah. I would say it's probably worth eight grand, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah. I think he might take less than that. Ooh, that's I a know. good deal. Yeah, it's a really good deal for a brand new bike that still has a warranty on it. It's a gorgeous bike. Yeah, it's killing me to have it in the shop and not just go out and. Ah! Yeah, well, I, you, be... I mean, you have to you know keep the tires rotated. Well, yeah. yeah. So there's that bike and there's the Interceptor, the 2010 Interceptor, that have painfully low miles on them. Interceptors are good time. The V12. God, there's so much torque. good time. Oh my God, I love Interceptors, and I got an Interceptor in here with zero miles on it, 
that I would like to sell it with zero miles on it to somebody who is happy that it has zero miles on it. As opposed to me who's happier putting like 900 miles on it and being like, Brand new interceptor. It's Brah. still under one thousand. That's still new. It's right? still under a thousand. That sure. counts as Something new. Like that. Sure. I don't, know. I don't right. buy new bikes. Why not? <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And that's like I buy other people's garbage and try and modify. Well, and this is that joke. It's like you know the most high tech motorcycle that I've ridden recently is the Zero SRF, which wins. I'm never going to ride anything that's well. No, I'm not going to ride anything in the next six months. That's more high tech than a zero SRF, and even the Ducati with all of these sexual interference things that happen on it. <laughs> like I said, urban mode. I thought urban mode would be a good idea since I was riding in an urban environment. Turns out urban mode restricts the motorcycle to 100 horsepower. Lame. <laughs> <laughs> it's only 100. Horsepower. It's only 100 horsepower on and like a 450 pound bike. exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Only Again, for cowards, right? <laughs> oh, DTC. <laughs> oh, if that by by that you mean bitch mittens. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> you put on your Ducati traction control, Sheila. <laughs> yeah, it won't work anyways. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, Bring wait, I'm sorry. Fly away. Is that traction control electronic? There's no chance of it working. You did. It's not actually limited thing. either. It's just you they, did say Ducati, say didn't you? It's just a light bulb, and even then, the light bulb makes the battery go dead. Exactly. <laughs> and like the traction control system on the uh, the Moto Guzzi Grizzo is, uh, well, the motor. That's <laughs> the awesome traction control system. It is. Right. I mean, to be clear, don't get me wrong. Like, I understand, like, the ZX14 and ZX10, they're supposed to be amazing track bikes. I don't understand. The, S- the S1000RR, and I even hear they're, like, unwreckable on track. Unwreckable. I mean, with, with insane reason. I could and, do like, it. that's cool and all, but there's this element of, like, you know it's safe. Right. So it kind of takes some of the fun out of it. You yeah. know, I, I want a bike that I know that, like, if I do something stupid, it's going to remind me you did something stupid. And I don't mean remind me by, like, a little light bulb flashing. I'm talking, like, insurance claim and first aid repair. Yeah. yeah. Be like, why like, is... Hey, jackass, right. there's a reason you're laying on the pavement right, right. now. <laughs> my back tire is in front of my front tire. If I don't do something about this real quick, shit's going to get expensive. Like, the last time I laid a bike down was on Lorraine Road. And right before it went down, I had, in my brain, the only warning I had was, is this happening? This is, this is actually happening. <laughs> Hold on, here we go. And it went sliding across Jeez. Lorraine Road in front of you know forty people who you know it's jumped quite, out and yelled, "Are you speak. okay?" I'm like, "Yes, yes." Just grow man doesn't know how to ride a motorcycle. <laughs> That's a good idea, though. Having a light that says "stupid." stupid. <laughs> I have that in my Toyota Tundra. It's a certain tone of beep it makes. There's a the the modern Toyota Tundras with the traction control type things. They have the you're about to have a crash sound. And it's like beep, 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 beep. And when you hear the beep, 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 that means like, in case you didn't have enough to think about right now, I'm now going to play this tone. It's very distracting. It's super annoying. And it'll be the last sound you hear before. So you wake up in the ambulance. Exactly. And your insurance cancels you. It is the sound that you hear when you realize that your two wheel drive truck, right? Shouldn't be used in super deep snow, Lame. right? I don't believe. I, I well, again, Blizzx are my answer to everything, right? And it's fine. I have winter tires and I have summer tires, but yeah, there's a point when I'm driving the truck when you realize that you have asked more of it than it can deliver, right? What, Can't that? you turn that off? No, 
It's like, I, I have a BMW X3, which I know right. is the soccer mom ride, but it's a sporty version. <laughs> you, you can turn the, the warnings. Yeah, the sporty soccer mom. You can turn all the warnings off? You can turn off. all the warnings right. off, and you can turn the traction control off. Right. You can even turn it just into four-wheel drive. It's almost like saying, hey, barbarians, right. I would like to drive like an asshole now. <laughs> <laughs> Press this button, this button, and hold this one for ten seconds. Oh, really? I'm not making that up. And then suddenly you can go drive like an idiot all you want. You know? My God. And but default mode, as soon as you turn it off, it turns back on, it beeps at everything and... If a butterfly goes in there front should of you, be, it beeps, there should be like the you know. thing where you're like, okay, press this button, hold this button, button, and put your Jack Daniels belt buckle against <laughs> this plate. Okay, you just sing it the Duke Boys yes. theme song, and it's like we know what you want to do. Apparently, thank God he's a country boy. Yeah. <laughs> he's a country boy. We see he's from the south. We, we know what this? he wants to ah, do. Ah, yes, we make these cars in North Carolina. Yes. We understand our ways now. It has skip plates. It will keep your more hands safe when you jump the bridge to get away from the sheriff. <laughs> oh my god, if they refilmed that today. Yeah, exactly. Oh yeah, if the Duke boys had a BMW. No, they'd be in a It'd fucking, be they'd be in a 98 Hyundai. Let's be honest. <laughs> <laughs> With a fucking Confederate flag painted on the top. No, it'd be a North Korean flag. Let's just be honest about that too. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna, if we're going to do a redo of that, they'd have to do it proper. Um, our mechanic that we're hiring, Daly's, uh, 83 Celica GT. Oh, my God. A friend of mine had one of those, drove for 30 miles with a rod dock. Wow. Yeah. I couldn't believe a guy drives up and is like, Celica GT. Didn't know those still existed. That's Thought ambitious. They all in half. Right. <laughs> was it a hatchback or what? It was a hatchback. Yeah, it was a hatchback. So it's that real rounded one? No, no. This was back when, like, chisels... Design cars. Um. No, this is a wedge met another wedge in a square, and it's very, very square. Plays yeah. purple rain on loop. <laughs> <laughs> so did they go? That's the rear wheel drive, right? I guess, yeah. yeah. Oh, that's a rear wheel drive. Oh, I believe so. Oh, I was yeah. talking about the front wheel drive one. Eighty no. six mm-hmm. was the first year of the. Yeah. So the ones prior to that, the seventy eights, were the rounded ones, right? Yeah, yeah, little, yeah a like, little bit of a cur- a little bit of a curve to them. Yeah, the back. back like what what year was it? Thing, I think it's an eighty three. Tiny. Yeah, it is the right. It is the official color of yeah, all yeah, surviving Celica yeah, GTS. Yellow, brown. Oh, mm, brown. Brown. Isn't you know that, what? Isn't that like the official color of all Toyotas? Hard to see the rust. <laughs> oh, very very hard to see the. I rust. thought they all came in like brown and <laughs> old man's hand. All of the pictures are brown. That's hilarious. Google backs me up right, instantly. Right, most of them. Yeah, you're a, right. A that brown brown. Brown. Yeah. Wow, that is so uglier than I thought. My name is Google, yeah. and I heard you wanted to see a brown Celica GT. Yeah. This is all we can find anyway. So. <laughs> My buddy had one of those. He could poo brown. Uh, yeah. Poo brown? Yeah. Let me see one of those. Well, I was, I was imagining that, the, the Celica Supra. Uh, okay, that's what my... Okay, the, that's the Celica the GT. Color is, yeah. The color is... The color is... The nose doesn't go down. Right. Is that it? No. Oh, no, so it's a, no, a Celica Supra? No, it's not a Celica oh. Supra. No, it's a... No, they were smaller I thought it was GT. That. That's the... That's what it is. Yeah, yeah. it looked like yeah, a 280Z. Yeah. Is that yeah. what I'm thinking of? Yeah. The color is feces of death. <laughs> <Yeah>. It's uh, <laughs> was it Was it like this? The two-tone feces of death? It is almost yeah. exactly. Wow. I think it's, it's all... It's got these clunky big yeah, buttons was, uh, on the dash where you I can change the econo mode. It's like click, click. I believe the actual term is Reese's feces. Is the color. So it's no radio's manual. They stole the marketing from Henry Ford. Yes, exactly. Want, as long as it's Reese's feces. Yeah. Go to go to 
go to Forest City Auto Parts and order your touch-up paint. Reese's feces brown. Didn't translate from the Japanese. Exactly, it didn't. No, that was kaiju feces. <laughs> touch-up paint was a piece of sandpaper just to make the rust match all across. It's and it, does, it doesn't match. God. Give it two weeks. And it does match. have obligatory. It does have at least four decent sized rust areas. Like, of course it does. Like, it came to it from the factory. <laughs> <laughs> Again, just like a proper Clevelander, it's got just the right amount of cancer. And at some point, it's probably going to hit a pothole. And then, like, yeah. a metal yeah. sign will fall out with five pounds of Bondo attached <laughs> yeah. to it. And suddenly the car will get bare mileage. That's exactly it. When they were building those, part of the, the, the metal prep of the body was a brine dip. Cutting <laughs> 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 it. This thing's going to rust. It's going to rust in our terms. <laughs> exactly right. We're going to make sure they buy a new one every five years. The uh, bomb <laughs> us. <laughs> you worked at, wait, now he worked at GM during those those years. He's sure. guilty of that shit. Oh, so you're responsible for the 17 miles of vacuum line. No, I think he's responsible for the citation. Oh, that's Ooh. unforgivable. Sorry. <laughs> it wasn't the Chevy Celebrity, wasn't it the citation? Celebrity was a good car. I don't have to answer any of these questions. Because the citation was the one that had a big, long hatchback, too. And they had a sport model. So they had sport the citation? citation? Yeah. What was that, like 90 horsepower? Well, I mean, yeah. You know, Downhill? It actually had, it was it had a 2.8 liter V6 that was a pretty good engine. That, oh. was, that was in my But it also truck. had the iron puke. The iron puke? Yeah, the was a tank. Okay. okay. That, now, that was the 151. Iron puke. Now, here's a... We're going to go into a radical car side of things. What would you give for a 1993... Chevy, Cavalier, Nothing. convertible, two hundred RS, <laughs> Rally Sporty, fuck a CC with a V six, <laughs> with a six cylinder. Was that like the three eight? Because those are pretty quick. I cars. have no idea what it I is. I drove like 2. the 8. Sunbird two point eight probably two point eight two point eight yeah two point eight. The two point eight wouldn't go anywhere very fast. Black with bl- black with of course black with gray interior because it wanted to be a Camaro. Power. Uh, yeah, 1993 Chevy Cavalier RS convertible. Mm. Customer came in, was eyeballing a Vespa. And well, I, as soon as I was like, okay, great, Vespa, we can do that. Let's let's work with you. What do you got? Well, are you interested in trades? I'm always interested in trades. I have a whole row of just bad decisions. <laughs> and and he goes... I him up on that convertible just because somewhere in the world there's a forum... And yep. owners of guys that swear those were the That's the holy grail ever. of something. If, if it was a hard top, scrap it. Right, but exactly. Someone loves that car. You, and they're the same for the Yugo convertibles and Reliant K-Car convertibles. I met a girl one time. That was 500. her dream car was a Reliant K-Car convertible. I sold an 8900 Prelude Si to a guy for like 700 bucks that yeah. told me he always, always wanted one of those. Prelude with like, uh, four-wheel cool. steering? Yeah, yeah, yeah. four-wheel steering. Yeah, it was amazing. Steering, yeah. uh, like every moving park except the motor was wore on that car. <laughs> he bought the thing and told me, like, I've always wanted one of these cars. I'm going to yeah. restore it and send you pictures. I never heard Screaming yellow zonker. The, uh, the the only color you should buy ever from those years was the yellows. Mm, the yellow Civic SI and the yellow Prelude. But, yeah, this cat wants to trade in this car. With 35,000 miles on it, he drives it 300 miles a year to keep the fluids moving around. His mom bought it new, recently passed. And he's just got it. I said, What do you think it's worth? Anything with two wheels would be cooler. So, right. And I was like, What do you think it's worth? And he's like, Well, I think it's worth 10. Mm, And I was like, 
I think it's worth three. <laughs> you know? And what? I think it's right. worth less than that. <laughs> yeah, and now I'm beginning to feel like I was an idiot for coming in hot at three. I think a buck of CC is high. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> if it's a 2.8. Because yeah, I came yeah, in hard. A buck of CC is yeah. really high. I came in hard and fast at 3K. Like, I'd buy that for $3,000. I mean, you've seen the weird retarded shit I drank home. So, you know, it's just, you know. Yeah. Uh, I understand. I understand. It's interesting. The odds are good, but the goods are it's odd. It's definitely yeah. an interesting yeah. car. Yeah. You know, but yeah. there's interest and there's actually worth something. If it was it's any other thing. color, so when he mentioned that, my brain, again, you know, I have that brain. My brain went through the Rolodex and went 93. Chevy. Cavalier. Maybe convertible. He's... And the picture in my brain came up white. So it was like a mm. white one with the red trim and stuff, and it was a real cool little RS thing on the side. But when he told me it was black, then I just lost all the detail. Like, it became uncool at that point. What is he trading in on? Because maybe we should throw some sympathy on it. Oh. A Vespa. I mean, the Vespa like a modern is cooler. Vespa. Yeah, no. Well, the Vespa's infinitely cooler. I mean, shit. You know, Cavalier convertible. I mean, you did say convertible, but you said Cavalier first. And I heard you. <laughs> yeah. really Don't no say Z24. Half, half of those words are very concerning. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Wait a second. Let's take a car that we know is hastily assembled, poorly made, probably going to rust out. Could we put a cloth top on that and give it drainage issues? Sure, let's do that. No way you can have problems yeah. with that. How do those things not fold in half? When they well, again, you know, yeah. right. You open the doors, you hit a bump, and the whole thing just folds into a fucking... Like, yeah, it just taco. goes into the letter It's transportable. Yeah, taco. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Um, can you get out of the car real quick? Why? i got to close the door. <laughs> the doors won't close with both of us in here. No, we have to bounce at the same time. Though, with suspension lifts, and then we close the door. Yeah, there's absolutely no way that thing had original enough frame, you know, to to, to be to exist as a convertible. Test. But yeah, the crash test, <laughs> the crash test where it became a steel roll up. <laughs> I hit the brakes real hard. What happened? It became a garbage can. Those YouTube crash tests of the yeah. world. They have, there's one of the Remember world's worst. Did you ever see what? those? The, like the worst crash test cars? The cherry amulet. One of them, it hits the wall. Yeah. There's nothing left. No, it's just vapor. I mean, there's actually, there is nothing. There's wow. just pieces. Did you see the vintage <laughs> Malibu versus the new Malibu? Yes, I did mm-hmm. see that. And it yeah. cuts the vintage Malibu in yeah. half. It does. Yeah. So I just like to say that again. It cuts the yeah. vintage it Malibu It literally in half. splits it. But the yeah, smart the cars. It sells like, yeah. like, built like they used to be. No. You're right. And thank God. Thank God. <laughs> no, this, the smart car was incredible. The smart car is still bouncing along somewhere. I know. The smart the doors car in one piece. Open. Yes. Hey, it is. Yeah. It's amazing. Safety cell. It's like, like a Super Bowl, yeah, but man, yeah. it's, the doors still work out. And a Mercedes, like a big body Mercedes hit the smart car and offset crash. <laughs> that thing went bing. It's like the carnival Ferris wheel ride. There's that one fucked up carnival Ferris wheel ride where you're in the little cage and the cages rotate and they spin forward and you get sick, but it's also a Ferris wheel. So it's like that was pretty much what happened to the smart car. That was the smart car. I was I was in a motorcycle shop somewhere, and I there was someone buying a bike, yeah. and I overheard the, the conversation. They were talking about how they would never buy a smart car because they're unsafe. Dude, you're buying a motorcycle. What are you <laughs> doing? <laughs> That's a brilliant point. You are not even allowed to discuss safety issues. <laughs> yeah. People look at the weird Japanese shit I bring, and they're like, "Oh, that stuff's unsafe. There's no airbags. There's no door pillars." I went. You ride scooters, so what? It's parked next to a 186 horsepower BMW. Motorcycle. Mm -hmm. Literally. 200 mile an hour bullshit. Motorcycle. And this is a Japanese car that on its best day might go 70. With four wheels and doors and seat belts. And And safety lights. 
Mm-hmm. Right. And all kinds of cool shit to keep you inside if something really weird happens. Meanwhile, the whole front row of my shop is designed to separate you from the fucking surly bonds of Earth. You know, like, <laughs> it ain't cool, but it's going to happen fast. Like, it's going to be real, I, real it's quick. Cool. That part would be cool. Yeah, I mean, you got to yeah, go. but I mean, it's like, you know. You, I don't want somebody to be if you like, gotta well, go, rotted yeah. away in the right. nursing home. Like, yeah, that's dude, true. You should have seen his crash. <laughs> <laughs> I saw his fire. I saw the fireball from like four miles away. There were amazing. pieces <laughs> everywhere. That's exactly <laughs> it. Yeah, Some he, of him is still in orbit with a manhole. <laughs> he, was, he was wearing all of his safety gear. And it's now in two different counties. <laughs> yeah, it's a really weird thing. And like and I you guys know in the summertime you'll catch me riding the Harleys around with no helmet on, just like, you know. Riding to live and living to ride. American freedom, my head's harder than the pavement. Fuck you. <laughs> but like today I'm wearing about two thousand dollars worth of shit. Yeah. You know? I'm wearing the catalog. Like, I'm wearing all of it. And there's nothing wrong with that. Well, and because it's the silly season. Everyone just Mm -hmm. started driving. The roads are salty. They're still salty. They're still gravelly. They're they're not great. They're horrible. Our road conditions suck right now. And I happen to be riding a motorcycle that's probably 50 to 60 horsepower, more than I should be riding right now. Lame. I know. (laughs) Just go for it. Just go for it. Just let it rip. That's not my style. And... I was coming around like an on-ramp getting onto an big road, a fast road, off of a slow road, and I hit what can only be described as not happy pavement. Mm -hmm. And the whole front of my motorcycle moved, I was right-hand on-ramp, and the whole front of my motorcycle moved like a foot and a half to the left. And it did. You know, and I was just kind of like doing my little thing, getting on, and I realized that my approach angle, my lean angle, my angle of attack was too advanced for the current conditions outside. And it made me fucking like... And at that point, I was like, all right, yep, the good gloves, the good jacket, the good helmet, the good boots, the good pants. Sweet flat track slide. (laughs) And I was was a little crossed up. I just came out a little crossed out. I was like, I'm going to feed a little bit of power in here and see what happens. Throttle wave the neighbors. Right, exactly. (laughs) Hey, that's right, I'm merging. That's it. (laughs) Get the fuck out of my way. Right. The back half of me is going to merge first. <laughs> yeah. Rear wheel first. Check yeah. this out. I'm going yeah. manual. I'm going to merge by ear. Back wheel first. Yeah. I today though I did today I was like slipper clutch. Yay. Slipper clutch. Cool. Slipper clutch. Yeah. Yeah. All the fancy funny clutch. shit has slipper clutches now. What's hmm. that? I've never ridden a slipper clutch. They're kind of cool. If you make a bad gear decision, like like. A gear ratio decision, sure. Like not where you not, wore, the, not you wore the wrong, yeah. not you wore the wrong jacket, right? <laughs> but if you like, if you choose the wrong gear and you drop the clutch at the moment you're entering a turn, wrong. What would we normally have happen? Well, we normally have a motor that was going like 1,200 RPM, dragging the whole motorcycle down to its own speed. Well, that's a Honda's uh, DCT. What? <laughs> yeah, we have Honda DCT. Exactly. What you would really end up with? Without the slipper clutch is a sweet story. You'd have it with a sweet <laughs> low side. <laughs> you know, versus a, right. my slipper clutch saved me and I'm okay. And really what happens is you you let the clutch out and it kind of goes, it, it becomes a backwards CVT. Sure. So it becomes a backwards CVT and it just kind of goes, you're in the wrong gear, dumb shit. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. And then you kind of go, okay, but I'm still going to leave it in you. <laughs> I'm going to thumb it in and pretend like it's hard. <laughs> And I'm going to try to power out of this. And that's what happens. And you just basically like, okay, I was very bad at that last turn. 
And then you're like, I won't do that again, you know? And that's what it does, is it basically, instead of having a one-to-one lock between your tire and your transmission, it's like the gray, it's it's a gray area. (laughs) It's like one-half-to-one. It is, it's a giant gray area, and it just becomes this big, like, I know you're stupid, but I'm going to protect you. I'm going to help you out, George. (laughs) That's all we're going to do. We're just going to try to keep you from dying. Because we've given you, you, your dumbass went out and bought more motorcycle than you know how to ride. Maybe it's a marketing thing. Because then Ducati, you know, you, you don't die on it. Then you're like, holy shit, this Ducati saved me. Oh, I'm yeah. I'm going to buy another one and spend, you know, however much for valve change. I remember ages <laughs> now they, God bless them. For, God bless I mean, don't them. Don't get me wrong, I really like the bikes. But, I do know, too. Let's face it, yeah. you know. No, like, they could upgrade that crap. <laughs> They could bring it into this, no, last well, century. They, <laughs> I hear the liquid and cooled ones do have a longer service. They do, well, what ha- Harley, or I'm sorry, Harley. <laughs> no, I'd say at least oil. It's Ducati. Right. What Ducati did a couple of years ago was Ducati decided to change their reputation among motorcycle enthusiasts is they would double their service interval on all of their machines. I'm only assuming that they doubled their build quality to go along with that as opposed to just simply, you know, moving the decimal point or whatever and saying, like, you know, okay, every 7,500 miles you need to get a valve adjustment. Now we're saying every 15,000 miles you need to get a valve adjustment. We've done nothing differently. And we're just de- changing it. In their defense, yeah. lubricants have improved vastly. Of course. So in right. reality, the, I, I mean, I will admit, the idea that I would need to adjust the valves after 7,500 miles, right. unless I was like track day in the thing, right. with modern, you know, quality synthetic lubricants, not dinosaurs, I imagine that should not really be that all that unachievable. Like, how, much, how much metal are you taking off yeah. those lifters that you really need to adjust them every 7,500 it's, it's a valve seat. recession of the valve seats. I oh, was probably... Okay. Yeah. It's yeah. not the lifters. It's, it's not the lifters. Okay. I it's the lifter wear. No, it's no, the valve seats. it's when your valve, your valve no. seats are wearing, yep. and so the... the. But, you know, I, it, it reminds me of that podcast we did with uh, Briggs and Stratton. <laughs> Never change your oil right. thing. Never mm-hmm. change your oil. So right. maybe they think that, hey, we could just say it's going to let... You, your, your valve change interval is 15,000 miles, and... We've done this study of right. how many miles do you really put on it, and right. these people buy it, and in 10 years, they never even get 7,500 miles on it. We've had a few so, BMW motorcycles that have the single motors, you know, the, don't don't call it Rotax, um, F-based motors, where we've seen these motors at 20,000 miles that had significant head damage hmm. for people that had said, man, that's the manufacturer's recommended service interval. I can go well beyond that, and then that's you know, the spirit. Yeah, it is. That's the spirit. Exactly. That makes you a great service technician. <laughs> <laughs> it's because then you can right. tell people stories like I can tell you how to change your heads on Ducati, right? Because I didn't listen to the manufacturer's recommendation. <laughs> <laughs> Let me tell you why you should do that, and it it really does come down to, you know, one: how are you using the bike? You know, are you wailing on it or are you not wailing on it? Um, I gotta believe for most people, if you own a Ducati and you don't have a whole lot of respect for it, you're probably getting on it pretty hard. Um, Even if you have respect for it, I mean, yeah, you can buy it to look at. No, exactly, and I do that. I I was about 136 miles an hour today on the way into work, and that's because I didn't buy it or I didn't ride it to look at it. It was just this is here. I'm gonna just do this thing, and you know, it wasn't because it wasn't because I was like. 
Take that, you fucking traffic. I'm going to avenge you. Oh, 136 miles per hour. I'll teach you a lesson as I wheelie pass. Right. It was more like, I have the hand of God in, you know, I, I, how the fast. Italian hand of God. Right. How fast do we want to go? Let's go really fast for the nine seconds. Yeah. The Pope's figure. Right. And, then we, and we, go nine, we go really stupid fast for nine seconds. And then we shut it off and we go, whew, I'm still alive. You know, I'm still a human being. I'm still walking this planet. I'm still in control of my own destiny. And for nine seconds, I was more amazing than anybody else out there. I recently learned that costs about $225. If you do it in front of the police. (laughs) (laughs) So just let you know. I'm not saying don't do it. I'm just saying it cost me $225. How fast were you going? Uh... He told me I was doing 89 and 60. That's um, barely breaking But he also explained to me I sped all the way up Eddie Road, did a three-lane sweep without signaling, <laughs> and then was on the gas really hard, which was true, and thank God there was a car in front of me, because if there wasn't, the Speedo would have cranked well past Were you being fast and furious? And then there was this moment where I was like, man, those are Explorer headlights behind me. Oh, God, I hope that's not a son of a bitch flasher. Oh, yeah. my <laughs> I'm just going to pull over to the side real quick, throw both my hands out the window. <laughs> yeah. Turn the dome light on, throw both the hands out the window, pull over real quick. Get everything there right. in my hands. Exactly. Like, Hello. Right, exactly. <laughs> yeah. I've got a gun and a license and a wallet and all these kind and of cool don't, shit. Don't hold a gun out the window. That's yeah. Yeah. It's probably I got one good. of these. I've got all this shit. <laughs> Especially sideways. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah sideways. definitely no point over there. <laughs> Putting it all out the window, just letting you know. He was nice. He did I may have some fireworks in here. He didn't give me reckless off. He didn't give me a ticket for speeding up A Road. He didn't give me a ticket for my three lanes. We've right. taken for not late enough. 20 over still screws you, though. 29 yeah. over, yeah. 29 over, yeah. But anything yeah. over 20, isn't it? 20 over? It doesn't That's matter. what they always say. They never actually take you to jail. There's more points. That's too much paperwork. <laughs> no, I'm saying there's more points on there's, 20 look, over, I think. Here's what I I've learned. I don't care right. about that thing. Unless you're a habitual, <laughs> uh, unless you're a habitual offender, yeah. right? Points don't matter. Ultimately, yeah. it's going to end up just being a problem with your insurance. Yes. It really is what it comes yeah. to. And even then, the insurance just ceases speeding. Right. Yeah, and I mean, well, I've gone over in, or fifty over. I've gone really? into some. Speaking I've gone into some pretty critical that's debate techniques shows. where I was like, "I'll tell you what, I will pay you four hundred dollars. Don't put any points on my license, yeah. right? And let's call it a, a you know, a parking. illegal use of a roadway or something, <laughs> right? Parking. Like, and it gets into some weird fucking debate shit. But my point is, if you can plea bargain, why can't you plea bargain a goddamn traffic ticket? Yeah. You know, because traffic court is a communist system. That's why. <laughs> <laughs> I am terrified of going to traffic court because I'm just like whenever they give me yeah. for a waiverable fine I'm like that's good because <laughs> yeah. I, just, I just feel like there's no way this could improve by having right. a judge look at the it doesn't because I went to look at my court. driving record which right. you know God forbid they went all the way back to when I was 18 oh my god you know yeah. um, so I just figure like whatever they give me as a fine is good. Right. Like, just take that as a win. It's my driving tax. It's my driving tax. <laughs> I don't want you to look at it. I'm not even arguing I broke the law. Just do me a favor. Just give me the give me the fine, and I'm out. It's right. like your browser history. Yeah. Don't. Yeah. 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 It's, like, it's like browser history. No one needs to see that. Literally, the last time I went to traffic court, I got a 10 days to spend jail sentence for a stop sign. What? Jeez. It was Oberlin. Fuck. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oberlin. I don't like Oberlin. I, mean, this I like, worked there, like but I didn't say I liked it. It was like yeah. 2002, and the judge was like, boy, 98 was a bad year for you, huh? Like, Although yeah, the judge is really cool there, though. No, not this one. This was years ago. Oh. Yeah. And yeah. the long and short of it is, in 1998, apparently, you had a full fucking jacket. Yes. Yeah. 
And wow. uh, yeah, they they it was like in in two thousand one or two, it was something like a two hundred and eighty dollar fine and ten days in jail suspended on two years probation. <gasps> what the? Because f- I did not come to a complete fuck. stop by a fucking recycled plant. Oh my god! A recycled. Yeah, you know, works. By BFI in the recycling yeah. plant there? Yeah, I, I did like a rolling stop when I got off the highway there. And the cop forgot to check that I had his waiverable ticket. Mm, and it should have just been a normal fine. Right. Yeah. You know, but, but then I went in front of the judge and he like he's like, oh, he pulls up my paperwork. <laughs> he goes, 98 was a bad year for you, huh? And he goes, what are we going to do to get you to slow down? And this is the Oh honest, my God. This was the honest truth. I said, I only buy cars of cruise control and I use it. Right. That was the honest answer. Right. I think he thought I was being a smart ass. Oh, well, uh, because. And then, yo, know, he goes, oh, okay. And he goes, whatever the fine was in court costs came $208. Like, he maxed you jail, out. Suspended two years probation. Better not see you in here again or you're going to jail. Next. Hey, give me like wow. a, at least Are you my mom? Yeah, <laughs> just make me pay. I can show you on their website. It's if you're gonna similar. punish me like I murdered a hobo, let me murder a hobo. <laughs> yeah. Seriously, you gotta have a hobo around here somewhere. I can murder because the penal- the penalty's about to. Start. I mean, don't get me wrong. This was not my first time in front of that no, judge. No, clearly that not. Yeah. Um, right. So you know, like I had been there numerous times. But point being, like <laughs> now, I just figure like. If I get a ticket, just pay the fine. Right. I'm not arguing yeah. anything down. Shortest distance between two points. Yeah, yeah. A to B, yeah. let's just move on with mm-hmm. life. Yeah. Because I don't need a human being looking at this and then making a judgment. I think we all <laughs> have this. I mean that, like, you're an asshole and you drive and ride like an asshole. And, I think you know. we all have the same thing. By the way, thing. I it's teach like... really good classes. I just ride like an asshole <laughs> sometimes, just to clarify. The biggest problem is I think we on all Facebook feel like... On Facebook and Instagram. There's on been Facebook a... and Instagram. There's Injustice. Well, there is injustice because, okay, so I get this ticket for going left on Clifton Boulevard on Web Road. Podcast listeners don't care. Well, they don't care. Right, yeah. But the point is that, that I got But it said I no left engine, turn? I pulled the, it said no left turn, but the it was over a different lane. Ah. Oh, on Euclid, that's a $198 fine. So, <laughs> <laughs> so I took pictures. I pulled up the engineering. Yeah, yeah. I pulled up the engineering right. reports. I pulled yeah. up the law saying that uh, if you have a no left hand turn sign, you have to have it posted in view to sure. the left of right. the, the intersection and above the lane. I'm sorry, it didn't work out for it. It didn't work out at all. But the prosecutor's <laughs> like the prosecutor comes up to me before the trial because right. I just took it to trial. Yeah. I'm like, listen. I have pictures of all this. I have the engineering reports. Right. I mean, you're you're totally in the wrong. Here I've got the city's lane. charter from 1846. <laughs> well, and no, said, and I did. <laughs> Two hundred dollars. Shut up. No, and so I went through the whole yeah. thing. The judge is sitting there, and he's like, "You might be right, but one hundred You oh, might be right. I don't care. Uh, no, they don't care. And I'm like, I was going to say, you know, this is bullshit. There's another case right. of American so court making justice. I'm just, you know, from now on, this is I'm what pays my to, salary. So. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so from now on, I'm just paying the I'm stupid fine. I'm not critiquing fine. the cops. Cops have a hard job. But the rest of the system sucks. No. Yeah. yeah. Believe me, I, if I could teach class right now, I would be the, I would have a free class for law enforcement officials to invite them all to come in, and we could have a symposium upon the significance of dealer plates, temporary tags, and historical plates. What they mean in different applications. We should not tell them what historical tags mean. Because at the moment, I was pulled over for writing random places on historical tags. Yeah. So whatever they think is good. It's good Again, enough for you. Don't look at it. And yeah. by the way, this. And by the way, it. you're right. This is a moped. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're right. This is a moped. Right. Despite what my jacket says, 
It's not a damn moped? No, this is totally a moped. That's really just a sarcastic. <laughs> right now, thing. this is totally a moped. It's not allowed to ride You're a right. moped in Rocky River because they said mopeds are illegal. I don't know. That's only when the black people weren't riding wheelies. <laughs> right, right. Exactly. They were throwing anything they could at that situation. Yeah. Oh, my God. Right. That was just, that was just, oh, uh, what do we do? Uh, but no, I, I've had that issue with all kinds of stuff. You know, you get pulled over out of sheer ignorance. You know, JDLR is called Just Doesn't Look Right. And that's what they t- train police officers. Like, when you see JDLR, you get involved. You know, uh, I, used, I mean, in their defense, they yeah. see minivans and SUVs and sedans all day long. Right. Yeah. You know, and they, right. don't, they don't know. Right. So, oh, yeah. There's always that's into a convenience store stealing the thing. And they exactly. just drive right by. You know? <laughs> There's a chance they're just like that I looks don't even right. Know what yeah, that, that looks right. Right. So right. Pull him yeah. over. Oh yeah, and, and I've and I've had that, and I've also had you know, you can't drive this vehicle on a Tuesday. I just at did. five p.m. <laughs> and I went, why not? And they're like, because those are dealer plates. And I went, they are dealer plates. Well, who owns this vehicle? The dealer. I do. Well, who are you? The dealer, and <laughs> the dealer. you're not supposed to be just drive. You're not supposed to be you're just be. Next. You're not supposed to just be driving it around. I'm thinking about buying. It. Where, where do you think <laughs> I'm going? I'm thinking about Until the title says somebody else's name other than mine, it's exactly why these plates were created. Nope. <laughs> you're you're commuting on this vehicle. I am. You're driving it every day back and forth to work. I've seen you. Yeah, and it's getting boring. I think I'm switching up. I'm going to think about switching up. <laughs> you obviously know what kind of car it's driving. Right. Now it's time to switch. Right, exactly. Yeah, well. Thank you for letting me know. You're, you're misusing dealer plates. Thank you for the warning. I will be on my way. You have a motorcycle plate on the back of your bus. I do. Because I'm a dealer. Well, why do you have a motorcycle plate on the back of your bus? Well, because they only give me one kind of plate, and I get to pick little ones or big ones. <laughs> so, I, mean, I gotta admit, I if chose I was a little cop ones. and I saw a motorcycle dealer plate on the back of a school bus. Yeah, yeah. I mean, no, 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 no. Yeah. But I feel me, like I've got to meet all down. kinds of cops because yeah. of a motorcycle plate on the back of a school bus or any other large vehicle. And yeah, it's funny because it is the state law, and I keep it printed out on my phone to make sure that I can show them. It was like any dealership, any vehicle. Meaning, I, like, M1 Abrams tank, we're cool. The thing I'm wondering about that, <laughs> yeah. and maybe going off subject to motorcycles for a moment, but, you know, where you're talking about the things that just look, that just don't how look right. Yeah, JDL. I know, man. how dare you. Yeah. Um, so uh, when you see the guy in the used Crown Vic with normal plates, and then he's got the cop car, you know, it's X. You mean the P71? Yeah, and then he's got all the yellow strobe lights yeah. on it, and it looks yeah. really fucking suspicious. Yeah. He's how, a security guard, and he touches boys on the side. How are the cops <laughs> not just, like, beating him with nightsticks on the side of the road? I would pull him over constantly. He's a, a fake cop. Yeah, he's and if obviously I was a, a fake cop, cop. I would just. I would just police brutality. He's super duper. <laughs> there's no reason that you should be doing this. Right. Yeah, there is no reason that needs to exist ever and on I planet see other, Earth. Every other month or so, yeah. you know, some guy and it just looks creepy. Well, and I've got a Harley I, if Davidson. If I was a cop, I would just beat them. I got a Harley Davidson police motorcycle over there. Yeah. With with, you know, and PA system and and siren and all the good stuff on it. But believe me, nobody, when I go down the road, is going to think for a moment that I am goddamn Buford T. Justice. No. I mean, when you see me riding that thing, I'm going to be goddamn Phil Waters riding a Harley Davidson, sure. right? It is going to be... <laughs> I will be doing it you're ironically. You're driving around a cop car that has personalized plates exactly. that say K-9 on it. Right. Well, you're wearing the black jumpsuit, yeah. you know. Yeah. People used to slow down all the time when I had that police car. Yeah. Yeah. I bought it off Oberlin. Yeah. I bought it over. I had a white Impala. I used to drive it 105 miles an hour intentionally. 
Oh, I noticed that, like a little pile of poop in there. Yeah, I just see? left it. It was solidified. I was a young man. I, I <laughs> but you're, you're exactly right. <laughs> well, and the other thing is, too, I took a picture of it the other day. Some customer came into our shop with a Jeep, and he's a cop. So he's a cop. He's driving a Jeep. He's got a license plate. Well, his license plate's got one of them funny diffuser-like license plate covers, the plastic diffuser things. Mm-hmm. So, okay, all right, you know, that would be one thing. Except he's got the FOP shield, the big metal FOP shield, mm-hmm. which if you put it on your license plate right, it covers at least two letters of your license plate. Sure. So now the FOP shield is covering the two letters in the front block of his license plate, and now he's got an FOP sticker on that diffuser thing on the outside of his license plate cover that's covering two of the three digits. Mm-hmm. So his license plate is completely unreadable to anybody on earth, right? Sure. He's basically saying, I'm going to obfuscate my license plate. I'm going to obstruct my license plate using law enforcement credentials and medallions. Well, if that's not abuse of the dichotomies of law enforcement, I don't know what is. I mean, fuck you. Right. You know, at that point, just fuck you. Mm-hmm. Like, so you're a cop. Congratulations. So was I when I was 21. And I did all kinds of other stupid shit when I was 21, too. The list of stupid shit I did when I was 21, being a cop isn't even at the top of that list. <laughs> There's no way they would have even trusted me near a cop. They let me be a cop when I was 21. Does that give you did an you idea? you have this moment where you just like look at the badge and the gun like, how did this happen? <laughs> <laughs> to give you an idea of how low the standards are, made. how frightened <laughs> we should all be is that this person, like this pile, this six foot tall pile of biological mass, had a gun and a badge in 1993, you know, or 19, you know. Yeah. Did you get right, to be a 19, motorcycle cop? No. that would be different. No, yeah. no, no. They didn't have them because there was too much of an insurance Lame. risk. Because they that did. Would be the, I would totally sign up for that. Steve, yeah. do you know why our department didn't have police moat bikes? Because uh. it didn't trust us with them. Oh. Do you know why? Because <laughs> we were 21 year old idiots. <laughs> yeah. Right. Do you see mopeds? Because if you were moped cops, moped cops. Short shorts. Yeah. I drove to work every day in a goddamn Vespa. There's like five or six Harley Davidsons and weird motorcycles in the cop, uh, cop parking lot. Sure. And I'd show up because I had a Harley, but it was a Harley. So it didn't work all the time. <laughs> sure. So, you know, I was famous for showing up at the Harley dealership on my Vespa to get parts for the Harley, because AMF. Everybody's got a reputation. Yeah. Well, I'm saying, in 1992, yeah. you didn't have the, the... Yeah, you bought a shovel. Yeah. You bought what you had, right? So I had a 78 Lowrider. Police edition, go yeah. figure. And it didn't work all the time. Yeah. It was and, a collectible. Well, no. You know what? Now. Again, just because it's old doesn't mean it's desirable. There's a whole bunch of people that absolutely love old cop bikes. I get it. <laughs> I'm kind of one of them. Like, yeah. like I said before right. the podcast, it's like the Bluesmobile motorcycle. It is the Bluesmobile of motorcycles. So I got admit, exactly if I, could, it. if I could get a shovel head cop bike, <laughs> that would be pretty cool. Like, well, and I that's would put why money into rebuilding the engine just to de-AMF it. Well, and that's why, why that motorcycle that's there looks as old as it can look. Nobody walks in and thinks With that bike's injection. in 2014. Like, nobody comes in here and goes, wow, that's a brand new motorcycle. Actually, I looked at the front brakes yeah. because like, I thought it was like yeah. an old one. Yeah. Um, it, the front but you're a spot. Yeah. yeah. You're a you're If it wasn't for that, though, I, I honestly would have thought that yeah, was like an older bike. Or at least an early twin cam. By the way, yeah. on Gov Deals, yes. there's four victory police bikes. Victory police really? bikes? But it's for law enforcement only. That must have been, those must have been the four that I saw on the West Wing. Because, like, every time where, they do a shot on the they? TV show, The West Wing. There would always be like one Florida. or two Harleys, but then there'd be two or three victories as well in the shot. And I was like, "Those are amazing motorcycles. They look victories good. No, they actually look very good." And I'm trying to fig- figure a scam where I could buy it through my city. Mm. Oh, get law enforcement letterhead. Mm. 
You just need letterhead. That's all it is. That's what uh, they want. Yeah, because I mean, I'll, it's not like they're going to pay for it. I'll just write I'll a pay letter for and tell them you're law enforcement, and you just all you got to do is get letterhead. Yeah. yeah. Say that Steve's allowed to. He's a first responder. And he's allowed to participate in the auction on behalf of the city of Oakland or whatever. I, uh, some other city I didn't mention. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Are these like the <laughs> ones? Oh yeah, they're very they're very nice. They're 2013. They have they have like eight thousand miles on them. They're the one oh six ers with the six speeds. I mean, they're they're everything. I mean, those, it's the, those they're are really amazing nice. Amazing motorcycles. Well, of course they are. They handle like giant sport bikes. <laughs> I am dead serious. Like that is probably one of the most. That's probably the most amazing bagger I ever rode in my life. Was a Victory Cross Country. Yeah, yeah, the only thing kept me well, the two things that kept me from buying one. My wife hated the pass, passenger seat, oh, which yeah. is a fair enough defense. Right. And they were way too pointy, and it looked a little starshipy, tribally tattooy. Yeah. Um, but sweet <laughs> Jesus, that was an amazing yeah. fucking bike. Oh yeah. It's, and you know what we can look forward to? Like so, as the people that we are, who are literally. Jawas of the motorcycle scene, right? So, like, the whole thing is... Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Like, our whole game is just, like... Just wait until it's worth nothing and we'll scoop it up. Well, even more importantly, like, hey, did you see that there's a guy that listed a crash one up on Craigslist? Oh, yeah. Yeah, then I don't have the pointy body work Right, exactly. You can be literally unencumbered by all that bad design. You can just, you know, take it off. I mean... I mean, I'm going to get a, a totaled out zero. So, I'm, you know, because, hey. The one that's separated from itself? Yes, it is literally, <laughs> it has been ass. rendered in yeah. twain. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Right. You're going to pick up that motorcycle? Yes, both of them. <laughs> yes. Are you going to pick up a motorcycle? No, I'm picking up two unicycles. <laughs> Done been bifurcated. It's been bifurcated. It has been bifurcated motorcycle, but it is lit- separated from the demon. Right. Exactly. Demon what do you got there? Front wheel. What do you got? I got the back end is seventy two foot pounds of torques, <laughs> and what is end. the front end? Bent. <laughs> you can break it out and make some ridiculous chopper. I'm just gonna buy all the original Show shit. Up the make- chopper hipster scene, you know, like, hey guys, I got little handlebars too. <laughs> we had all the ideas. Look at me, I'm a Tie Fighter pilot. Oh, no, it's a chopper, dipshit. Right, you're supposed to have your handlebars more than three inches apart. What? Your grips are supposed to not be touching. No. Your motorcycle grips shouldn't be touching. Nonsense. Your thumbs should not be an interference fit. Yeah. I can't brake and go. You want to steer and use front brakes, all that oh my nonsense. God. It's going to get in the way of the cool pictures. I know. The uh, that how we get your Instagram cred. I had all these great ideas about taking all the components out of the zero. And putting them into the 1959 Heinkel Tourist I have in the back. So the Heinkel Tourist is one of the most proud and majestic Teutonic motor scooters ever built. I mean, it looks like what it would look like today if Hitler won. Right? (laughs) What all of the world would look like. It would be like Hugo Boss and like Art Deco got together and said from now on everything must be streamlined. Heinkels are beautiful. Look look up Heinkel 103A2. And the A2 is important because it's the difference between eh and oh. Yeah. Americans are making an electric wow. you know, like a, like a shovel head or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just to upset yeah. everyone. Look at the back oh, of a 103A2. Yeah. The I'm back of a Heinkel 103A2. Looks like the future. Is that the future. Is, that, exactly. is, that is the That is Hitler's it, future. It is, it is the future that Hitler would It looks like had. it's going fast when it's <laughs> yes. sitting still. Yeah. When it's sitting still. And it's like a, and it kind of looks like an appliance. And it's 175. Oh, an appliance in space. Space appliance. Well, what's the non-A2? The, uh, the the regular 103 is round tail, 
and they're not. Oh, nearly as I see. Pretty. I see. Oh, yeah. The tail on the 103A2 makes it. And all of our podcast listeners are like crashing their car, Googling a fucking yeah. ankle scooter. Right? And it's, really, it's It's worth the five minutes of the data. And by the way, it is the same Heinkel, by the way, that built the goddamn bombers and jet fighters mm-hmm. in World War II. Mm-hmm. So that's a little something. Well, built the jet fighters, but you know they didn't get too far with the bombers. Well, no, but I mean, they, they lost. Right. <laughs> exactly. Um, but London they did. would argue otherwise. Right. right. <laughs> Fair enough. London's like, it hurt. (laughs) You might claim you won, but it hurt, you know. Can I say something about those Heinkels? Apparently. I mean, mean, we got a better plumbing system now. Apparently, my house had a basement I didn't even know about, (laughs) thanks to Heinkel. Uh, But yeah, so Heinkels, the weird thing about, like, that whole, like, scooters are gay. No. Every scooter I can think of comes from the military. So Piaggio, look it up. Mussolini's Air Force is the reason that Germany didn't fuck Italy right up the ass. Because Germany had a penchant for dropping bombs on anybody they didn't like. Except for Mussolini, which had this aircraft of bombers that could actually make it to America. Germany went, Germany went let's make a deal. And, <laughs> and that's what happened. Right. Do you think we can put swastikas on the back of those planes? And so that was kind of... You know, all of that Piaggio shit, that all comes out of big-ass bombers. Mm. And they still build airplanes today. You look at Heinkel, Messerschmitt, all that stuff. These people all made scooters. You know, after the war, they were like, we don't trust you. If we let you build anything cool, you're going to kill people with it. (laughs) (laughs) So how can we... Camaro, you down. Scooters, no exception. Like, yeah. and, and bubble cars. How can we yeah. nerf you down to the point where you're just like full nerf at this point? Like, how bad can <laughs> we make your world? Got, they were just worried, like, don't get to Poland. Right. Well, there's, a, there's like the whole game was just like, okay, we've seen what happened after World War One when you let Germans develop anything, you know. <laughs> We'll let you build scooters, but they won't make it across the Alps. Right. And this is the whole thing. But if you look at the poster behind you, it didn't take long for somebody to strap a 75 millimeter recoilless (laughs) rifle to a fucking Vespa (laughs) and make a tank killer out of a Vespa. And you got it. That's pretty good because think of the agility of that versus the tank. And how sneaky you are. And sneaky. Mm -hmm. I mean, other than the giant tube. Drape your jank drape yeah. your jacket over the barrel yeah. of the tank. Yeah. You know, put your picnic blanket over that. And then just like very casually aim your scooter <laughs> at the fucking tank. <laughs> you know? I mean, let's, let's let's give them a little bit of credit. Maybe they're gonna shoot the Soviets. You Who know, cares? Assume they were gonna shoot the us. point yeah. being somebody had a meeting on some mm-hmm. day. What kind of mind looks at a Vespa with eight-inch wheels and goes, you know, that can carry a recoilless rifle? <laughs> I mean, that passed through a committee. Right. Like, if that's agreed, yeah. that was a good idea. Wait, now, by committee, this could very well <laughs> be the early equivalent of a podcast. It is true. Where they talk about But somebody went, well, like, we do have a bunch of recoilless rifles that and, the Americans left behind after the war. Mm-hmm. And, they and they we do a have a bunch of Vespas. And Vespas. <laughs> right. Yeah. And, and somebody went, Tiny, I can weld. Well, GoGo Rollers, <laughs> like the GoGo company, GoGo Fabrique, like that company, everyone's like, oh yeah, GoGo Rollers, Google that shit. Those are some really ugly scooters. Like that is a potato bug of a scooter. So GoGo Mobile. Does it flip over and roll up in a ball? It could. <laughs> it I would does. buy one of those. It does. You park it and it just 
it, it is it is another thing that looks like half of a pill. It looks like half of a capsule. <laughs> if you put two go gos together, you've basically made a submarine. I've never <laughs> this is going to be my wow. Favorite. The go gos are truly Please disgusting. Share. Yeah, that's oh, a go go roller. Yeah, that's a go go roller. Let me see that. Looks like a suppository. Oh my god! But that's that amazing. little company. Yeah, you know what that little you know you spell that. Right. Go go. Teach people how to change your oil, not spell. Okay. <laughs> well, that little company that made that I just got this. Sad looking. <laughs> yeah, that that also comes yeah. up. That yeah. company that I made just that got p- fat people. Walmart. Oh, weird <laughs> German porn. So. <laughs> okay, would you like to guess what piece of furniture that company made before they were forced to make Gogo motor rollers? Um, yeah. Do tell. Eighty eights. No way. Harley 88s? Or no. 88 millimeter. <laughs> 88 cannons. military. Goddamn. Yeah. Use it for anything you want cannons. What is this? Is it an anti aircraft gun? Yeah. What is this? Is it, is it an anti tank gun? This wheel? Sure it is. <laughs> is this an anti personnel weapon? Yep. Mm-hmm. Like, did the North Koreans blow up half their family with this? Sure, why not? <laughs> yeah. Why not? Because it's a fucking 88. It was the truly does everything. If you absolutely positively need something to die now, you used an 88. It's an 88 millimeter? Yeah. 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 Flat cannon. But GoGo built them. So after the war, they were like, you are way too aggro. You need to settle the fuck down. The go-go cannon. We need to keep you. I don't think they could fit an 88 on that. Right. We need to keep you building shit, but you are so aggro. That we're going to make you build a scooter. Let's see exhaust now. Yeah. <laughs> and imagine every person that went into work went, yeah, we make the fucking scooters today. <laughs> <laughs> How did you go from making one of the best weapons of the war to that? This is my point. And Piaggio did the same thing, you know, and, you know, Heinkel did the same thing and Messerschmitt. I mean, come on. I don't know. That's a pretty cool scooter. It's man. a cool scooter. Kind of, yeah. Again, you know? and if you see the gray one with the red seat, yeah, that's mine. And it is like the internet owns that picture. <laughs> like, anytime you type in GoGo, like if you type in Velocet Viceroy, you will also see my Velocet. See, but isn't yeah. it isn't it uh, ironic yeah. that the losers make such good things and the winners make such crap? I, uh, the winners <laughs> were out celebrating, <laughs> and the losers exactly. were just like, yeah. "Gotta hate these eighty-eight millimeter." <laughs> <laughs> Let's build scooters, right? Well, if yours is dead, this will piss him off. Right. With with the Vespa though, it kind of makes sense because it's kind of almost like an airplane. The way yeah, every, all the controllers are in the front and the yeah. motors and the you know cables. Oh, there's a whole lot of airplane DNA in old the, Vespa. The press you look, steel. Yeah. Yeah. You look at all the parts on yeah. an old Vespa. You're like, boy, they didn't rob the parts pile too hard. Here, <laughs> did they? No. Jesus Christ! Landing, it's landing. Gear. It's all landing gear. It's literally an APU motor. Like, how do we start the big bomber motor with this little motor with a pull start and a two stroke? Okay, well. We got a bunch of those hanging around. Well, what are you going to do? Well, they won't let us build anything cool, but we got to go to work in the morning. How are we going to get to work? <laughs> well, they still Tired of walking. Of, they still <laughs> got a whole bunch of German beer, and you know, German beer plus Wilders. You know, the first prototype exactly. of the Vespa. If you look at the top left picture on my cool educational poster up there, the top left picture is the original poter- prototype. It was not called a Vespa. It was not called a Wasp. Vespa, Wasp. Mm-hmm. Wasps are cool. You're just kind of scared of Wasps. Yeah. Wasp, Wasp, right, whatever. The original one, the prototype, Is it was that... called El Peperino. El Peperino <laughs> was Italian for Donald Duck. <laughs> no shit. Minus one change in marketing, I could have a showroom full of Donald Ducks. Not cool. <laughs> not remotely cool. It's less cool than the Buddy. 
It's less cool than the Stella. It's less cool than any of those things, like the new Kimco we have called the Kimco Like 150 Nudo. N-O-O-D-O-E. That's because it has blue teeth. Yeah. Yeah. You can talk to your internet with it. Yeah. You can put little pictures of Asian girls up on your display. Oh, it's fancy. It is very fancy. Yes. So that's it. Anybody else got anything else? I got nothing. This is a good podcast. We went a lot of places. Here. Thanks for having me. Uh, it's great to this. have you guys here. Uh, is, is, we got is, two cool shamelessly plug myself at Noble again. Moto again on Facebook and Instagram. So how would we find Noble Moto if we were like just in, sitting in front of a computer and we wanted to be like, what as do you of, have going on? As of about 12 hours ago. Yes. NobleMoto.com. Bum, bum, bum. Or you go to Facebook, uh, forward or backslash. Noble Moto, mm-hmm. right. and then Instagram Noble underscore Moto. Noble or, underscore Moto. Or you could just go to Skidmark Garage's page, uh, right. Google them, they have right. a better website than I do. Yeah. And uh, you can find them, and then you can come. And, and that's can, Noble with a K. That's Noble with a K. Thank yeah. you for pointing that out. It's Noble yes. with a K. Yeah, like knife and knee. <laughs> um, and you can come and either ask me questions, right. or you can ask me to teach you classes, or you can just send me hate mail. And right, I will, that's good too. I will, if it's funny, I will read it on this podcast. Again. Yes, we, we try so, to. Actually, the reason we don't read much mail is we have a rule that the, the mail has to be either incredibly insulting or hilarious. I would like to continue that rule yes. over to my organization. Yeah, well, that's our rule. Yeah. If you if you send me something really terrible or hilarious, mostly hilarious yeah. to me, which right. is probably terrible to you, <laughs> I will read it on this podcast or in print or I will make you famous. I do respond to all the emails that people send us. They you know people do send us cool emails and stuff like that. We respond to all of them. I'm just going to publicly shame you. That's right. And that usually <laughs> I will not out. respond to you personally because <laughs> there's no joy in that. You have understood the rules of our podcast. Yes, I've, I've been on the internet since the early 90s. Like I know how to shame and troll. That's it's exactly. Exactly. Yeah. That's it. If you see me somewhere... Yeah, yeah it, is stickers. it noble at usenet.com? Uh, something like that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what AOL? Yeah, AOL 2.0. I'll send you a CD. Right on. <laughs> Those things are still circulating. That's it. All right, guys. Remember, that's it. Uh, ride fast and take chances. Press the goddamn button. There it is.